everyone's gone. I watched them leave. And Juliet asks where they were going. And Kate's like, sorry, I didn't see their giant map that had the name of the place they were going on it. They didn't tell me their nefarious plans. <laughs> yeah. How weird is that? They walked towards some trees, but there are trees everywhere. So <laughs> Everywhere, so that's not super helpful. No, not at all. Hello and welcome to Our Lost Podcast, brought to you by the Aficionados Podcast Network. My name is Robin Jeffrey. I'm a 26-year-old actor and artist. I like brooding anti-heroes, feminist agendas, and I remember way too many details that no one else cares about. You can follow me personally at Robin E. Jeffrey pretty much everywhere, and our fun fact for this episode is going to be if you had to be handcuffed to a lost <laughs> character, which character would you want to be handcuffed to? Oh. And I have two answers. I hope I'm not stepping on any toes by having two answers. I think I think I'll allow it because I also have two answers. Oh, okay, cool. So my number one, the first thing that I thought of was, okay, who would be the least the least annoying <laughs> to have to have to spend time with? Oh, oh, yeah, I didn't yeah. consider this yeah. as a okay. Because my first one was like, oh, well, I want to hang out with Sawyer. Sawyer's one of my favorite characters, but I was like, Sawyer would be Ill. Sawyer would be a nightmare. He would be terrible. I, so annoying. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't want to hang out with him. Yeah. So I decided my first answer in regards to who could I spend the time with and wouldn't be annoying about it. I chose Claire. Okay. Yeah. Okay. As, and I think that's a good idea. As long as you're chill that's hanging fine. out with the baby, that's, that's probably fine. Yeah. 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 That's fine. She can deal with that. <laughs> And my other answer was uh, Saeed, because I think he could just get us out of the handcuffs. Absolutely. So my answers are um, Claire or Saeed. And thank you. Good, good. Yeah. Those are very good answers. Indeed. My name is Brittany Ray. I am a 32-year-old artist and writer. I like badass moms and long naps. I'm on Twitter at Britannia, where I can be found attempting to be interesting and talking about my cat. And sir? The dog. <laughs> That's enough. Sit I down. Think, like, I think you're done for today. Eat your carrot. I got you a carrot for this. Yeah. Oh. Don't embarrass us. <laughs> We have company. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, it's a special guest time. You have to chill out. Yeah. Yeah. So, sorry about him. Yeah, uh, yeah whatever. <laughs> I'm um, sure it's fine. <laughs> so I have two answers to this because, like, listen, I'm a gay person. But unfortunately, I do identify as bisexual. So there are some men that I will claim. So for purely selfish reasons, I have come into an appreciation for Nestor Carbonell because I just watched Bates Motel. So I might choose Richard Alpert. But I feel like Des would be more fun. Mm. Oh, Desmond would be so, so fun to be tied to, for sure. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. Yeah. So I'm not sure. Mm -hmm. That's, that's good, go good answers. Good answers. Yeah. yeah. And our guest for this episode is Steph. Yay! <laughs> Who are you? My name is Steph. I'm 26 years old. I live in Red Deer, Alberta. And at one point in time, Robin and I were attached at the hip because we went to high school together. So that's fun. Yes. Can you tell us? Can you tell the story of this of our lives? The story of, well, once upon a time. <laughs> so uh, Robin and I met in uh, theater class in high school, and I can't remember exactly what we said, but I'm pretty sure I was quoting Star Kid, and you yep. said, oh my god, we're friends now. That was it, and that's how our friendship started. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Amazing. Incredible. Indeed. Beautiful. This is truly a friendship of nerds. <laughs> to last a lifetime exactly yes the best ones do and so like what's your relationship with the show how, to, how did how did it come about if you could possibly remember <sighs> oh it was so long ago oh my god so um <laughs> when we were in school uh robin was like you have to watch lost it's a great show i'm like yeah okay whatever but i was 17 and my teen brain said i don't think so and i retained absolutely none of of what I watched. I'm pretty sure I got to like the second season maybe. And then that was it. And so last year during the Panini, because we had nothing else to 
do, obviously. I decided to uh, rewatch it from the start, and it took me about four months because I was still working, but um, I ended up rewatching the whole thing. And then I watched the uh, series finale with Robin when she came home for Christmas, and it was wonderful. Yeah, it was awesome. That's so wholesome. Yes. I bawled my eyes out like I do every time. I was <laughs> gonna say, what else is new? <laughs> yeah, nothing much, no. And so who are your favorite characters? Oh, gosh. Well, I have a small list. It's just a few people. Um, my favorite characters in Lost are Desmond, Kate, and Sawyer, because skate forever. You can fight me on that. Um, okay, okay <laughs> let me explain. Let me explain to all of the Suleya people who are going to- right now. All the Suleya people are going to scream at me. Uh, don't worry. I'm here for the Suleya people. Yeah. Cool, so, cool. so everyone's like, hey, skate is trash. Suleya is forever. And I understand that. And people ju- uh, judge people who are, who are skate forever. But what you have to understand is that Steph and I had basically the exact same upbringing. And um, we we both were straight up obsessed with Draco and Hermione Dramine. Absolutely. We read fan fiction. Steph wrote fan fiction for Dramine. I sure did. So like what you have to understand is that Sawyer and Kate are a lot like Dramine in that way. And mm-hmm. so basically I expected them to also <laughs> ship skate and they did not disappoint me. No, absolutely. We come in clutch for you. Sorry. Yeah. Um, and so if anyone wants to follow you, where can they find you? Oh my gosh. So actually I just updated all of my um, handles today so that they all match because I felt like that was a good thing to do. <laughs> so if you ever want periodical tweets, uh, you can find me on Twitter at co-theoretical and uh, every other platform at completely theoretical because Twitter has a character limit on their handles, which is crap. Yeah. So, um, And that'll be in the description if you guys want to find it. Um, cool. And so if you had to be handcuffed to a lost character, who would you pick? Oh my gosh. I, th- You know, I was kind of caught between um, Hurley and Desmond, to be honest, because I feel like Hurley mm-hmm. would have just mm-hmm. funny anecdotal things to say and Desmond is great. So yeah, yeah, you're right. Great answers. Yeah, I was going to say Claire, because I love kids, but I just feel like being on an island with a baby would not be as fun as places with, I don't know, indoor plumbing and yeah, just doesn't seem like it would be a great time. Yeah. Yeah. Having been around my sister's baby, she's adorable, but oh my God, they are so much work Mm -hmm. and they're kind of annoying. Absolutely. Yeah. Why is every animal in our house determined to make every sound? They're losing their minds right now. (laughs) Must be something in the air. Yeah. Today we have words to say about episode 315 of Lost, Left Behind. So Left Behind, the title, Juliet and Kate are left behind by the others. Kate is left behind by her mother. Cassidy is left behind by Sawyer. Many left behinds are had. Broadcast date was April 4th, 2007. It was written by Damon Lindelof and Elizabeth Sarr. Off, and it was directed by Karen Gaviola. So we've got uh, some women this episode, which is what? awesome because this fantastic episode is so much about women. Yes. So some fun facts about this episode. Um, this is the only time that the character of Cassidy appears more than once per season. And it is also her first appearance outside of a Sawyer centric episode. She's always in Sawyer episodes, of course. obviously. We love Cassidy on her own. Yeah, exactly. Absolutely. So we are going to be doing the B storyline and the A storyline and then the flashbacks like we usually do. Um, and so I'm going to recap the storyline that happens on the beach. Okay, you can. Sawyer reads on the beach when he's approached by Hurley. Hurley tells him that everyone's pretty weirded out by what happened with the diamonds and they're all considering exiling him from the camp. They're going to vote on it. Hurley says Sawyer really needs some brownie points because he gets a lot out of living here with them. Sawyer tells him to leave him alone. Sawyer tries to catch a fish and sees that Sun is still upset with him. He catches one but completely fails at cleaning it and ends up smelling like fish guts. He goes to Hurley and says, you know what, I really do need to stay and everyone's okay, Graces, please help me. Uh, Hurley tells him to go over to Claire and give her a blanket, talk about the baby. Sawyer goes and mostly bungles it, making the baby cry, commenting on his wrinkliness, etc. Uh, Claire is pretty charmed by it, though, luckily. Sawyer goes hunting the next morning with Desmond so 
that he can bribe everyone with food. He cooks the boar and Charlie loves it. Sawyer reminds him to remember this when he's voting and Charlie's like, huh, what vote? Sawyer realizes that Hurley has tricked him. Hurley <laughs> says that it was nice to help people though, right? You need to be our leader, so you gotta be nice. Sawyer's like, WTF, I'm not the leader. Hurley says that literally every other leader option is gone. So yeah, you're the leader, even if you don't want to be because Jack didn't either. Sorry about it. I mean, he's right. Yeah. <laughs> I just feel like out of all the random people on that beach, there could have been some other leader potential, but they're not main characters, so it doesn't matter. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm like, Hurley, step up, man. Yeah, do your dude. Right? Hurley could have done it. Yeah. He absolutely could run that thing, for sure. I think this this beach storyline is so delightful. It's it's, it's a great. comedy, but it's also like Sawyer once again fighting for his life to get people to let him hang out. So Sawyer's reading, and Hurley kicks Sawyer's foot as he reads, and Sawyer's like, what the heck? He's rereading Watership Down, it looks like, and Watership Down was the book that he got from Boone. It was in Boone's luggage. Oh, uh, oh and, Boone. Yeah, ben. and then later he says <laughs> the phrase hard Hearts and Minds, which was Boone's one episode. So I was like, why are we invoking Boone this episode? <laughs> do we really, do we need to be invoking Boone? I already talked enough about here. Boone last episode. Yeah. So Hurley says to pretend that they're not talking and he's just like casually looking out into the sea. And so he's like, that's great because I don't want to talk to you. So yeah. that, that's I can fine. I can pretend not to talk to you. That's not a problem. And so Hurley, who is fully conning Sawyer... It's like, listen, I'm being nice by telling you that everyone's been thinking of exiling you. We weren't going to tell you, and we're going to have a vote to banish you or not. I'm not supposed to be here. Good, then scram. Dude, you need to know that there's been some chatter. After Paolo and Nikki and everything, well, tomorrow there's going to be a vote. Vote for what? Decide whether or not to banish you. Banish me? Where? Well, there was debate about that, but... The consensus was half a mile down the beach. Consensus? I'm only saying this because there may be a way to fix it. To, like, make amends. I don't do amends. You might want to ask yourself about all the good stuff that comes from being a part of this society. Hurley um, conned the con man. I know, and it's amazing. Hurley's, uh, Sawyer's like, that was a really lame con. And Hurley's like, but it... <laughs> it worked. Yeah. It kind of worked, though? though. Like, I, I got a bore out of it, so... I just like that Hurley had to probably... The reason he turned around was just so that Sawyer couldn't see completely through him when he was giving him this pitch. Right, exactly. Yeah, 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 no, yeah. you're totally right. It just feels like something that's, that would happen, yeah. Yeah, he's just like... <laughs> I don't know that I could look Sawyer in the eye and try to con him. Yeah, that's true, probably, yeah. Probably not. <laughs> like, I could try... And I would think that I could get away with it, but it would depend on how pretty Sawyer thought I was. Yeah, I guess. Because yeah. he can be conned by a pretty girl pretty quickly. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's like how um, Kate looks Cassidy straight in the face and Cassidy can totally see right through her in the flashbacks. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. So on Lostpedia, it said, this is a reference to Survivor. Hurley tells Sawyer he'll be banished in a group vote. This may be a reference to the popular debunked theory that the Survivors are just on a reality TV show. Oh my god. Because I guess people thought that at first. Oh yeah, they totally for sure. I actually kind of remember that theory. That it was like... A Truman Show thing? Yeah. That's funny. Yeah. Yeah. Like some kind of like publicity stunt? Mm -hmm. But so Hurley's like, it's okay, there's a way that we can fix it. And Sawyer's like, I don't care. <laughs> it's, see, that's just like not my problem. Yeah. Yeah, I'm fine. That's fine. And Hurley's like, well, consider all the good stuff you get from being here. Like you get all our food and you get all the water and everything. Like Steve brings that water every single morning and that would have to be you. You would have to bring the water every single morning. Is that what you want? <laughs> and Sawyer's like, I still don't care for some reason. It's like you move out of your parents' house and realize how much stuff you never did yeah right <laughs> yeah true yeah. for sure and sawyer is still not allowed to use nicknames for three days 10 hours and 15 minutes and at first i was like how are you telling time and it's because he has
has a watch. And I was like, is that the Jin Michael watch or is it a different watch? It looks kind of like the Jin Michael watch, but it's hard to tell because you didn't see the face of it. Yeah, exactly. And I'm yeah. just like, how many watches do we have? I assume that some people were wearing watches on the plane. Well, yeah, this was before people stopped wearing watches. Yeah. <laughs> Time doesn't exist on the island, so it doesn't matter. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Where's the sun? Done. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's just like, hey, a sundial would be great. Yeah. My favorite part about that scene particularly is that uh, Sawyer can't call anybody nicknames, but he still refers to Hurley as Rotund, which like- Yeah, he, and I'm like, to be honest, like, and first of all, it's mean still. And yeah. it, and it's also like not creative because no. he just keeps saying the same thing over and over it's again. It's just a synonym. Jumbotron? That was creative. That yeah. is a creative way to do it. <laughs> Rotund is just a synonym of fat. Just say it then. Like, as, as a fat person, Jumbotron is funny. Yeah. <laughs> Rotund, just lazy. I remember if you're gonna bully someone. Be creative about it. Try harder. You know, <laughs> a couple episodes when he called him grimace. That was funny. Okay, and this is how we know that we're all millennials because, like, instead of being like, "Oh, someone's being bullied," we're like, "At least be good at it." Yeah, you know. Yeah, like do your best or quit. <laughs> you know. Yeah. We were raised on the internet. You gotta actually be really good at this. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we were on Tumblr in its prime. If you don't know how to joke about your um, problems, then you need to get out. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. So he calls him rotund, annoying, and ruining his view. And so Hurley's like, all right, have it your way. But like, this is a mistake. And so he leaves. And ultimately, I love that like, when we find out at the end that he was just tricking him, ultimately, this was just a test. So Hurley, like the stakes are actually very low. And Hurley just is like slightly disappointed that it didn't work, you know? Mm -hmm. before Sawyer comes to him later. Oh yeah, it's yeah, because this but it's also like the stakes may be low but the emotional stakes are actually really high. Yeah. Like Hurley's like, "Okay, we are friends though." Exactly. So it would be nice mm -hmm. if you did something. Like it would be nice if you were, you know, not selfish for once. Yeah, you can continue I to be you, but be better. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I think that it says so much about Hurley that Sawyer will be so mean to him in so many different ways and so many times. And then like in an episode, like Treasure Tanaka is dead. When Sawyer comes back from the other side of the island, Hurley is so, so, so happy to see him mm -hmm. and love spending time with him anyway. I think it says a lot about Hurley. I think it's because Hurley always sees good in people mm -hmm. where like even those people don't think it is. Yeah. And maybe that's just like him being naive and thinking, well, everyone must have some good part of them. But like with Sawyer, yeah, it's there. Yeah. Um, and so Sawyer's face just kind of looks like, I don't even care if I'm banished. Unless. <laughs> Unless. Yeah. Unless. But what if? <laughs> so later, Sawyer's trying to fish for himself. He smiles at Sun and Jin and Sun does not look happy for... A completely fair reason. Yeah, absolutely. If she wanted to be upset with him for like several episodes, I would respect her. Mm -hmm. For sure. Um, I wrote down when I was rewatching the episode, I said uh, this scene when he was fishing and trying to get the fish and failing terribly. Mm -hmm. It's It felt very much like Sawyer and the terrible, horrible, no good, very bad day. Yeah, exactly. Yes. That's just the feeling for me. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's like definitely a no bones day for Sawyer. No, no bones. Sorry. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah. So, you know, it's fun because like the reason why Sun isn't smiling at him is because he was part of her getting attacked and she finally learned that last episode. But like, I think he partially thinks that it's because of the fake vote and she he knows that she's not going to vote for him. But he doesn't know that. No. Yeah. That, that's not even real and she doesn't even know about it. But it's also mm -hmm. a great way to coerce him into being like, he, did he apologize last episode? I can't remember. Charlie apologized. Charlie apologized. But Sawyer did not apologize. It's kind of a good way to coerce him into doing that as yeah. well. Because you know he feels guilty, but his own pride will stop him from apologizing. Mm -hmm. And it's like, don't be a dick. I think this is a very creative, it's just a very creative B storyline. It's creative emotional manipulation yeah. for sure. Exactly. <laughs> so he's like, okay, well, Sun's going to vote against me. Then he catches something, but he sucks at it. It's just deeply not graceful at all. It's very yeah. embarrassing. <laughs> yeah. 
I think Josh does such a good job at being like, I'm such a cool guy. And then like, as the seasons go on, he's just like, I'm a bumbling idiot also. Like I'm a cool guy, but uh, sometimes it's uh, cool with a K. Yeah, we walk the line. <laughs> yeah. So he tries to clean it, but also is just really bad at it. Um, so he goes to find Hurley and he's like, okay, I do need help. I don't want to be banished. And Hurley's like, you smell like fish guts. And he's like, I know. <laughs> the placement of the fish guts on his shirt. Make, like, how, why would he wipe it on his chest like that? That doesn't make any Because <laughs> he's an idiot. <laughs> well, I guess so. I mean, he stood up and just went, this is dumb. Uh, and wiped it on his shirt, I guess. Right, exactly. I'm like, who's going to do your laundry, bro? I was like, you his... didn't even clean it off your skin? Like your face, dude? Neck and his forehead. It's everywhere. I'm like, did you bathe in the face? It's so funny. Did it open? Like, what, what, what happened there? Like, my main thing is that, like, you're right next to the ocean. Like, are you not wiping this off? Like, <laughs> not washing your hands just in the ocean right beside yeah. you? Just a quick dip and you're fine. Sawyer so looks at the ocean and goes, ew. <laughs> So Hurley's like, I can't believe you haven't learned to gut a fish yet. Like we've been here for so long. And he's like, okay, that's enough of that. Can we just, can you just help me please? And he's like, I'll help you if you, if you apologize for all the names that you've called me. And he's like, okay, sorry for calling you rotund. And he's like, really? And I'm like, he just wants to know. And Sawyer's like, this is too many feelings. You're worse than a girl. Yeah. Sorry. I (laughs) want to be apologized to instead of like fostering grudges against. Yeah. How very dare I take my feelings into account. (laughs) People. That makes me a girl. My bad. Of all the people with all the hysterical emotions who cause all the drama on the island, it sure as shit isn't the women. Yeah. No. (laughs) It's always the men. Story of my life, right? (laughs) Yeah. Right? Uh, so later Hurley and Sawyer are watching Claire with Aaron and she is reading Rick Romer's vision of astrology. And this is interesting. So this is a fake book within the canon. Okay. Um, like they've done with uh, when Sawyer was reading the manuscript of Bad Twin, which was also a, a fake book. Mm-hmm. Um, but this is only seen in two episodes. She was reading it in episode 108, which was Confidence Man. And uh, Claire loves astrology. So it totally makes sense that she would be reading it. Rick Romer is the name of one of the set directors. So they made this as a tribute to him. Um, And they also named the travel agent in Walkabout after him. So the guy who iconically is in that scene with Locke where he's like, you can't come on the Walkabout. They called that character Rick Romer to name it after this um, set decorator guy. And he left the show after Expose. So then using it here is a send off for yeah. him. Yeah. So it's really nice. But also like, is there any significance to them using this in another like episode that involves Sawyer's backstory, whether he knows it or not? Actually, I think there is because there's like another, I can't remember if, I don't think it was him reading Watership Down was a thing in Confidence Man, but I remember writing notes when I wrote them like a week ago, I wrote something else about Confidence Man. So it feels like we're bringing back Confidence Man a couple yeah. of times. Mm-hmm. Um, it would make more sense if it was the long con because the long con was the episode with Cassidy in it. Yeah, but it's like, you know, Sawyer backstory. Sort yeah. Of territory. Yeah. So he says that he doesn't want to kiss the baby, and I'm like, you don't want to kiss a baby? Why, why not? Aww. They're so cute. Their little cheeks are so soft. But Hurley makes a good point and says that Claire is very influential. People trust her judgment, and so if you get her vote, people will follow her. It's true. Yeah, checks out. And so he's like, well, she already should be fo- voting for me because I've never done anything bad to her. Yeah, and but Claire's really empathetic. Yeah. Exactly. Well, it's like, unlike Sun, because and that one's fair. You genuinely did something to hurt her. Mm-hmm. And so Hurley's like, well, have you ever done anything good for her? Have you ever asked how the baby is doing? And he's like, I already know how the baby's doing. He's loud and gross. I mean, that's the most <laughs> you thing I've ever heard. It's a very accurate description. I'm sorry. Sometimes I relate to that. Yeah. And so Hurley's literally like, don't you understand? You're sarcastic and mean and people don't like that. So don't be as sarcastic and mean. And so he's like, okay, fine. What should I do? So he's like, go show interest in the baby. Be nice. Call her by her name. Give her this blanket. You can do it. I don't think you can do it. Big boy. He can do it. I ain't kissing no damn baby. Claire's like really influential. 
she votes for you to stay, you're home free, dude. Well, why wouldn't she vote for me? It's not like I ever done anything bad to her. Nah, but you never did anything good for her either. And have you ever even asked how Aaron is? Well, I know how he is. He cries loud and he smells. You see, that's what I'm talking about. You're sarcastic. People don't like that. All right. So I go over... Do what? Moms love it when you show an interest in their babies. So go over there, say something nice, call her Claire, and give her this. I know you can do it, dude. I love that Hurley is doing this because the group needs a new leader and everything and trying to make Sawyer into a good de facto leader. But ultimately, he's also just doing it because he's bored. Oh, 100%. <laughs> it's, it's gotta be entertaining to force Sawyer to do just humiliating things. And I also think that a lot of the times Hurley gets the, what's what's the phrase? Like he gets the bad end of the stick? Short the end short of end the of the stick. The short end, yeah. Yeah, and you know, it's like, we get to laugh at Hurley sometimes. We don't often, as often get to laugh with Hurley. And so it's really nice to see Hurley get sort of something one up mm -hmm. on Sawyer, who's always laughing at him. So he goes, hello, Claire. <laughs> and she's like, uh, hi. Hello, fellow citizen. Um, and he calls Aaron little baby and he starts crying. And Sawyer's like, ooh, I did not know that little baby counted as a nickname. <laughs> I will be fixing that now. So sorry, so sorry. So sorry. Yeah, correction, Aaron, sorry. Yeah. And it's interesting because I think at the end of season one, after Aaron was just recently born, he used to be soothed by exclusively Sawyer's voice. But even the baby knows that Sawyer's like an asshole now. So <laughs> the to. baby is aware. Yeah. yeah, the baby's like, mm, we're good. The baby's like, your vibes are kind of off, bro. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and Claire is like, my son thinks you're being weird. Can I help you? <laughs> and he's like, no, uh, I just noticed that the baby is less wrinkly now. And it's great because she and the baby then like look at each other. Like, what is with this guy? <laughs> Are you seeing this? Are you watching this right now? And she's like, I guess did you're you right. Did you hear what he said to yeah. me? <laughs> Mom, did you hear that? Yeah, she's like, I mean, I guess I work hard on that. Thanks. Yeah. And here's also a blanket. And I love that he needs to have an excuse as to why he's giving away this blanket. It yes. can't be just because I am being nice by being, no, giving you this blanket. No, of course not. The reason why I don't want this blanket anymore, anymore is because I, I don't, don't like blankets. blankets. <laughs> sure, sure. Sure, yeah. That's, to that's yeah. totally... Totally believable. Yeah. Sometimes I can tell when a line is written by Damon Lindelof, and I think that one was. Uh, yeah, I, I would say so. Yeah. Um, so she's like, okay. So Hurley just gives him a thumbs up, and he's like, you did great! And Sawyer's like, did you hear it? Or did you just like, see me give her? Because it was did, bad. Did you see me? Did you see me? Did you see me? Dad, did you see it? Yeah. <laughs> Hurley talks to Claire later, and Claire was like, that was, like, wicked weird, dude. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he's like, can you just pretend that you're voting for him in something? If he asks, just say yes. Can you pretend yeah. this is political? Yeah. I, w I was really bored today and I decided I decided to mess with Sawyer. Just go with it. Yeah. Claire's like, I support that. That's fine. Yeah. So Sawyer's also hanging out with Desmond hunting since Locke isn't there anymore. It's on Desmond. And Sawyer's like, ugh, it's so early. And Desmond's like, well, you asked me to help you and this is when it happens. So we're doing it now. <laughs> Damn, all right. Huh. And he's like, well, they're not even here. And Desmond's like, why are you even here? We don't even hang out. Now you want to hunt with me? And Sawyer says, I've got hearts and minds to change, which like I said before is like, the one Boone episode and I'm like can we not be reminded of that episode please <laughs> Sawyer should have been like listen I'm sexy you're sexy maybe we can make a sexy lion between you me and a boar I don't know maybe we can make oh. something happen yeah. <laughs> 
And I love that Sawyer, instead of being like, oh, I just wanted to hang out with you, Desmond. He was just like, hey, I'm trying to bribe people. I mean, I pre- you can't lie to the guy who can see the future. That's true. At least he's honest, right? You know. Yeah. He's like, it's all about bribes here. We don't have any money here. So everyone cares about food. Gestures. So that's what I'm doing. Absolutely. Acts of service. That's everyone's love language yeah. on this island. Everybody everybody on the island needs some acts of service now and then. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. And so Desmond tells him to shut up and shoots the boar. And I'm like, Desmond, do you not have thoughts about that? Like, do you not want to comment on the fact that he's bribing everybody? I don't think Desmond gives a shit. Yeah. <laughs> I think Desmond's like, I'm tired and I'm trying to keep Charlie alive. Like, I got right. enough going on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's like, I have to hunt now, not because the boar is here, but because Charlie isn't awake yet. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just following you around everywhere. Do you know how many times I have to avoid not accidentally killing him? All the time. Yeah. Every day. But like, if I was Desmond, I'd be like, hey, everyone, Sawyer's trying to bribe you. <laughs> Just so you know. No, literally up. though, Desmond is such a guy who'd be like, yeah, I'm just like gonna mind my business because mm-hmm. this is not my problem. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I wonder if Des even knows about the prank that Hurley is pulling. I kind of hope that he does. That would be amazing. Yeah. Hurley would tell him. But also I'd be like, hey, just so everyone knows, like I know that Sawyer's the one who's cooked this boar, but I just wanted to tell you that I'm the one that shot it. Just so you know. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good point. I'd be like, I would love some, uh, some credit. Take the credit where it's due. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So- uh, Sawyer's cooking the boar. He's putting like beer on it. It seems like he's sharing his beer with everyone, which is a huge like, sign of good things. Didn't ever expect that. Um, Charlie's really enjoying it. And Sawyer's like, ah, yes, here's my secret. Remember this. I guess that he's not even hiding the fact that it's a bribe. You know, he's just like, everyone really likes it, right? So yeah, you want to keep me around? Get some of that Dharma A1 sauce. It's the good stuff. Yeah, he's like, hey, why are you doing this? And Hurley's like, or, and Sawyer's like, Hurley told me about the thing. And Charlie's like, I don't know anything about this. And Sawyer's like, oh, that's very funny, Charlie. Wait. <laughs> Buddy, it's okay. Yeah, Charlie is head empty, no thoughts. Yeah. So sorry. When the con man gets conned by Hurley, yeah. gotta be humbling. And I love that Charlie just has no idea, like straight up just chewing with his mouth open, like <laughs> while while Sawyer's having Tom. this, um, while Sawyer's having this revelation. Yeah, so sorry to everyone with misophonia. Yeah. It's terrible for you, so sorry. Oops. Yeah. <sighs> So he goes and yells at Hurley and is like, hey, you tricked me. And hey, everyone's getting tricked this episode, you know? <laughs> Listen, you're you're just one of many victims. Yeah. yeah. And he's like, but did you, didn't you have a good time being nice? And he's like, that con was lame. And he's like, it wasn't a con. You're our leader and you need people to like you. And he's like, I'm not the leader. Nobody. He's like, well, Jack, Locke, Kate, and Saeed are gone. So all of our viable options have disappeared into the woods. <laughs> like, it's you, my guy. It's yeah. like, listen, I would choose Saeed. Yeah, if he was here for yeah. sure. Yeah. yeah, for sure. You son of a bitch. There wasn't ever going to be no vote. But wasn't it nice being nice? You tricked me into being decent? That's got to be the lamest cons in the history of cons. Wasn't a con, dude. If you're going to be our temporary leader, you need to do some damage control. Leader? What the hell are you smoking? Jack's gone. Locke's gone. Kane Saeed. You're all we got. Paolo and Nikki died. We all look to you. Then again, you totally tried to steal the diamonds, but we wanted to look to you. Look around. You made everyone happy. Just for today, they can eat boar, laugh, and forget that they're totally screwed. And you did that for them, dude. You. What if I don't want to be the leader? Yeah, well, I don't think Jack wanted it either. Sucks for you, dude. 
And he's like, when bad things happened, we looked to you. And like, did you do something shady about it? Yeah, but we wanted you to be good. <laughs> we had high hopes, but we accepted the outcome otherwise. Yeah, we accept we accept your flaws as yeah, they are. Yeah. He's like, look, you made everybody happy today. It's like everybody has a moment to forget that everything is bad right now. And you did that. You don't like making people feel nice. And Sawyer's like, well, I don't want to be the leader. And Hurley's like, well, I don't think Jack wanted to be the leader either. So sorry. <laughs> it's literally suck it up, bro. Yeah. Yeah. So sorry for you. <laughs> so everyone's like happily eating. Hurley gives Desmond food. Sawyer gives Claire food. Desmond's just like looking out into the middle distance. And I love that Claire is actively using the blanket that Sawyer gave her. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she really needed a blanket. Also, where did that come from? <laughs> the blanket? Yeah, I don't know. I'm like, was nobody Who? using it? Was it something that Hurley just had? Who was just toting around this cr- not really nice baby blanket, you know? Yeah, and it's like clean. Yeah. I guarantee Sawyer was just hoarding it to be a dick. Oh, probably. And Hurley went into oh, right. a stash and was like, this looks nice. <laughs> exactly. I love the idea that Hurley was like, okay, let's go look over at your stash and see what we can share with people. Okay, that's probably what happened. Yeah. Right? <laughs> I also love that, like, Sawyer has a real soft spot for Hurley, though, because I remember, I can't remember if it was in season one or season two, but I, maybe been season one, but Hurley goes to Sawyer and is like, hey, you should probably give us, I think it was a laptop charger or something like that, but he was like, hey, you could really use the points and it would be really nice if you did. Yeah. And, you know, everyone else kind of has to give him something for stuff, but Hurley is just like, just kind of, is really good at convincing him just with his words, which is really cool. That's, that's why I think Hurley would be a good leader. Yeah. He's very very good at things like that. He's very um, persuasive. Mm -hmm. And he does it here. And it's interesting that instead of being like, hey, I'm just going to do it, he goes to such lengths to get somebody else to do it. Yeah. Which is why it makes him a good like number two. Mm -hmm. Yeah. He's like, I don't want to actually be the leader. Yeah. Which is like, that's a good trait to recognize about yourself. Mm -hmm. And so uh, Sawyer holds Aaron while Claire eats and Sun is watching and he smiles at her again. She's still not down to talk to him or hang out with him. Can't blame her. Yeah, the way his smile dropped as soon as he looked over at Sun, I was like, "Mm, well, you kind of deserve it, so. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, I can't help but support her in this. Yeah. You earned this one, bud. Yeah. That's the beach storyline. It's pretty uh, small, it's pretty surface, but it's important and it's fun. It's like a little, it's a little rom-com. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So. Cute. Without the rom. Mm Mm-hmm. So just a comedy. Just a calm. Just a calm. So yeah, just a calm. Don't worry about it. I don't have a brain. (laughs) I have reason to believe you do. Mm, No. Okay. Well, yeah, in the uh, in the document you sent me, it says say smart things, except Brittany doesn't say smart things, so you don't have to either, so. Yeah. Yeah. yeah well, uh, to be clear, Brittany wrote that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, set the bar. I, uh, I keep, yeah, that that's exactly what I'm doing. Yeah. Cool, so now I'm just going to summarize the jungle storyline. The jungle storyline. Jungle, jungle. Kate is still hanging out in the game room when she hears someone about to enter. She attacks, and it's Juliet who literally puts her on her back and destroys her. She was just trying to bring her a snack. <laughs> It's an accurate descriptor. Yeah. Jesus Christ. She was just trying to bring her a snack. She leaves. Later, Kate plays alone when Locke enters. He tells her that he's leaving with the others and he's sorry. He tried to get them to take her along, but he learns that she's a straight up murderer and they weren't into it. So yeah. Uh, Kate later looks out the window to see the others packing up to go. They throw a gas canister into the room and she can't help but fall unconscious. She wakes up in the jungle, handcuffed to Juliet. She sees a knife in Juliet's pocket, but when she gets it out, Juliet wakes up. She's confused as to why she was left. 
Kate tries to pick the locks, but it's no use. That night, Kate finds a trail that they can follow back to the barracks, but Juliet wants to do that in the morning because it's about to rain. Kate says the trail will be gone if they do that, so they keep going. Juliet says that she hopes she's not doing this for Jack again. They start fighting, and Kate accidentally dislocates Juliet's arm. They hear the monster and have to run and hide. It's right near them, and there's flashing lights inside. Later, they're still in the tree. Juliet needs Kate to push her shoulder back in its socket, but Kate doesn't want to. She tells her that Jack saw her mackin' on Sawyer, and it broke his heart, and that's why he didn't want her to come back. Kate's so pissed off that she pops Juliet's shoulder back in for her. The next morning, they get going again. Kate asks more about Jack, and Juliet says she knows a lot about him. Kate realizes that she doesn't know that much about him. They hear the monster again and start running. They fall in some mud and eventually get to the sonar fence. Juliet says it's off, but Kate won't go through because she literally saw Mikhail die about it. Juliet gets a key out of her pocket and unlocks the handcuffs to save herself. She gets across and calls for Kate before she turns it on. It successfully keeps the monster out. Kate is understandably upset about this. Juliet says that she wanted Kate to think that they were in it together so she wouldn't be left behind again. They get back to the barracks. Juliet goes to get Saeed and Kate finds Jack on the ground in his house. She tells Jack what happened and apologizes because she knows it was her fault that he can't go off the island anymore. He's like, even Juliet left? And Kate's like, no, thanks for bringing that up. She's still here. They head out. They meet back up with Juliet and Saeed who confirms that everything is gone. They're gonna go back to camp but Saeed doesn't want Juliet to come. Jack insists because she was left behind as well. Classic. Mm -hmm. So for the rest of the episode, we are going to be talking about why this episode should have been gay. Correct. Oh, Um, yes. Both, like Brittany and I were just talking. We were like, both of these storylines should have been gay, but like, especially the flashbacks. They are fruity AF. It has so much potential. (laughs) Yeah. Disappointing. (laughs) Like if these writers weren't cowards, listen, we'll talk about it when we get to the flashbacks. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Right. (laughs) I remain big mad about it. Mm -hmm. Oh, It's like, it's 2007. And I'm like, well, well, <laughs> be gay people existed in 2007. Do something. Be the, be, be the person. Set be the, the one. Show. Be the show. Yeah. yeah. So Kate's still game in the game room. room. <clears throat> That's it. Mm-hmm. She looks so bored. <laughs> and later she plays backgammon and stuff. So I'm just like, grab some Uno or something. Like, yeah, like f- find something to do. Yeah. There's gotta be like, you could play Monopoly by yourself. Probably. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> Um, or like trouble it's or operation. Trouble. Mm. <laughs> you could totally play operation by yourself. Yeah, absolutely. So she hears someone coming and so she goes to like attack them and Juliet fully destroys her. She went Taekwondo on that. Like just the flip was the best part for me. Insane. Yeah. And she wasn't even like ready for it. And she's just like, have a nice snack, you piece of crap. <laughs> it was so funny. Yeah. And she just leaves her lying on the floor, like gasping for air. And it's just like, it's just iconic. And it's like, it's about time because you don't want to see Kate taken down a peg by men because mm-hmm. it's annoying. Yeah. But having her taken down a peg by Juliet hits different. Mm. Oh, good stuff. Yeah. I, I think this totally makes sense because Jack did the exact same thing when Juliet came into his cell in 301 and, mm-hmm. and he fully got the jump on her. And so this time she was like, I'm going to be ready this time yeah no more of these weird airplane people jumping on me i gotta get yeah. to jump on them it's called personal space mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> so suddenly kate is back in handcuffs again and i'm like you know what that's fair because yeah. she got out of the handcuffs before like two episodes ago and they just never put them back on so well, now they put, bother? So they put them back on and you know what that's fair and i think they probably try and make them like a little bit tighter because she, she got escaping. out she got out of yeah. them easy last time so yeah this time she just doesn't try to take them off i guess just because they tried harder to keep them on her i assume that these are the same handcuff that handcuffs that Juliet uses and Juliet uses to handcuff herself to Kate. I would assume um, that as well. It would make sense. My yeah. understanding of what happened is that Juliet and Kate are both gassed. Then Juliet wakes up, finds Kate, unlocks one of her handcuffs, drags Kate out into the jungle, puts the other handcuff around herself, lies on the ground. That's my understanding of what happened. Yes. It makes sense if she also thinks that she was left behind too. Yeah. 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 So like I said, Kate is 
playing backgammon by yourself. I don't know if I've ever played backgammon. Can you do that? I've never played backgammon either. I'm like, is it a- Not a clue. Is it a game that you can play by yourself? However, I do think that is like very short foreshadowing that it's going to be Locke who's coming in because we see Locke playing backgammon a lot. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. And the last that we saw of Locke, he was a prisoner in a basement. So clearly he's spoken to some people. He's had some issues resolved. Mm -hmm. And he has a guard uh, outside. Juliet didn't, but that's probably because Locke isn't as trusted as Juliet. But I'm like, but Juliet also got left behind, so... Juliet got left behind and also Juliet is super sneaky. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Juliet and Kate together are like the world's most annoying escape artists. (laughs) So Locke is like, hey, I'm leaving with them. And what I love about this is that Locke had to look Jack in the face as he blew up that submarine. And then <sighs> and then he doesn't have to face Jack for what he did hardly at all. Yep. Like he doesn't even go and talk to Jack. He only goes to talk to Kate about, Kate about it. Locke is like, wow, there were no consequences for my actions. Yeah. yeah. Consequences? What are those? <laughs> as usual. And so Kate's like, what? Are you brainwashed? And this reminds me because Kate thought that Jack had been brainwashed as well. And Locke's the one who like had faith in Jack that he hadn't been brainwashed. And it's it's funny because they immediately like jump that to Locke. And Locke honestly kind of has been brainwashed. Yeah, he has. Locke um, has been like radicalized by the island. Yeah. He drank the island juice and here we are. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So Jack is staying behind too. Um, Kate says the others are lying to him. And if they tell you that you can go home, they're lying. And he's like, I don't want to go home. Um, I tried to tell him that you were the, you were a good person, but then they told me your crimes and I feel differently now, to be honest. And he says, sorry. If they told you that they're going to take you home, they're lying. I don't want to go home, Kate. I want you to know I made a strong case for you. I told them that you were a good person, reliable, smart, honest. And then they told me who you were and what you had done. Let's just say forgiveness isn't one of their strong suits. You know, she keeps asking him questions and he just keeps being like, sorry, and like leaving. And I'm like, come on, like, you know the answers, though. Like, you won't even give her any hints. What kind of friend are you? I think it's out of spite. That seems like a very locked thing to do. Because of what they told I think it's because of what they told him about her. Oh, and because she was not. She didn't tell him those things herself. So he's punishing her. That's like a really common thing with this, like, especially with the skate relationship. Mm. They punish each other for not telling each other things all the time. Yeah, no such thing as healthy communication at the with them like on lost in general you mean yes yeah and i agree but i also think that's majorly hypocritical because Locke, do you not have a secret yourself my friend Mm -hmm. well Locke feels he's entitled to every secret yeah that's true Mm -hmm. so later kate's sandwich is just still on the ground yeah and flies are buzzing around and i'm like girl eat it like biggest looking sandwich ever there's flies on it now i know but it's like maybe she thinks it's poison i don't know and she like finally is hungry enough to to eat it. Honestly, I would think it was poison. Yeah. Mm-hmm. At least she only gets like one bite of one white piece of bread. Ugh, <laughs> so yeah. it's fine. I bet she's so hungry. Oh, for real food, especially. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, she did have that weird, creepy dinner with Ben. <laughs> yeah. That's true. That was like, that was like a month that ago, though. That was Yeah, because that was like right at the beginning. I thought it was more recent than that. Mm -mm. Because about uh, for the first three seasons, each season is about a month. Okay, yeah, Um, that's why it's crazy because Sawyer got like wasn't allowed to give nicknames, and that was like episodes ago. But it's still it's still in effect. But like a week is like 
a quarter of the season. Yeah. You know, so yeah. he, st- he still has three days left. So she sees all the others packing up, putting on gas masks, and they throw a canister into a room. She kicks it, covers her face, and she tries to leave, but she falls unconscious about it. Yeah, good good effort was made. <laughs> I really love Giacchino's work in this scene, though, because the music is, like, very frantic, but then, like, as she's falling asleep, it gets, like, slower, and it goes down as she falls. It's like really a little, mm-hmm. sort of, like, a creepy lullaby. Yeah. Yeah. So on our Stranger Things podcast, we have a... A segment called uh actually and oh, here we go <laughs> it's where people go- well can you explain it Brittany? it's where robin reads out the trivia on imdb of the random crap that people have decided they need to correct <laughs> like including like if they see a car on stranger things that has like a muffler from the wrong era, they will show up to IMDb and point out and be like, um, actually, this is like the wrong muffler for this car. Wow, must be nice to have so much time on your hands. <laughs> I, I hate them all so, so, so much. Ugh. One of the recent ones was, hey, this takes place on uh, this night in 1985. And when we go outside, we see that there's a full moon. There actually wasn't a full moon on that night. Oh my God. I'm like, shut up. I like the Ugh. rage that fills me at people nitpicking like that. Like y'all are, the absolute killers of fandoms. But it sure is fun to read out. It's so fun to read out, but I'm like, these are the kind of idiots that ruin Star Wars, you know? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So I have one for you that I found on Lostpedia. Um, Actually... The smoke grenade used against Kate is an ALSG-272 Continuous Discharge Smoke Grenade CS. However, the gas in the canister is not CS gas. CS gas causes skin and... Jesus. CS gas causes skin irritation and eye tearing, and contrary to the gas in the canister, it has no anesthetic effect. Okay. (laughs) It's a gas canister. Because it matters? It's fine. It's a nondescript can of gas. Yeah. We assume that they made that somewhere. You know. Don't worry about it. Also, yeah. like, what if they just found a special version of it in Hawaii? You don't know. Yeah. Shut up about it. Mm-hmm. So Kate wakes up in the jungle handcuffed to an unconscious Juliet. Or so we think. Um, <laughs> quote, unconscious. On Las Pia, it was pointed out that Juliet's right hand is handcuffed to Kate's left hand. And that gives Kate the advantage because both of them are right-handed. Mm-hmm. So I think it's interesting since Juliet seems to have done this herself like she's the one who put on the handcuffs that she gave kate the advantage by giving her her right hand but isn't that so juliet yeah it well it totally makes mm-hmm. sense because juliet would have been like you know tried to make her seem less threatening yeah less threatening mm-hmm. so then i think we have a little little b storyline scene and then we go back and kate sees a knife in juliet's pocket she tries to sneak it out um on lastpedia it said the knife from Juliet's pocket is a Kershaw chive. It is designed by the Hawaiian-based knife maker Ken Onion, who lives on Oahu. I recognize that name. Yeah, so that's cute. Juliet wakes up and grab her and grabs her, but she only wakes up when the knife gets clicks open. When, when it clicks open, because now she's threatened and she needs to have her eyes open yeah. to make sure that Kate isn't about to straight up just stab her or like I've, slit her throat. If I was Kate, I'd be pretty sus about the reaction time because she assumed that mm-hmm. Juliet was also gassed, but mm-hmm. she was pretty groggy when she came out of that and Juliet's just like yeah when the knife clicks yeah 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 because like because we learn eventually that she was gassed in her house Mm -hmm. but she was actually just like lying there with Kate I was I would be so bored waiting for her to wake up 
going to pretend to take a nap in the jungle here and hope for yeah. the best. Yeah. Great way to study what Kate would do, though, mm-hmm. to see what kind of person she is. Yeah, she's very resourceful. She immediately clocks the knife in her pocket. I'm like, was that placed there just to see? I don't know. I'm just interested at, at how much of this was, was orchestrated. It definitely seems like it was purposely placed, just the way that it was sticking out very mm-hmm. clearly on her hip. Yeah. Yeah. And we'd never seen Juliet carry a knife before, had we? Mm, I don't think so. Uh, I don't think so. She's had guns. Yeah. But that's when she was like in the group of the others. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So Juliet's like, why am I here? And Kate's like, I don't freaking know. <laughs> why don't you tell me? This is your island. <laughs> Do I look like I have answers? I am also handcuffed here, buddy. Yeah, she's like, yeah. I brought I brought you here. Thought we'd hang out. Like, yeah, we're having a party. Mm-hmm. You know what? Little girl's trip. Yeah, silver party. Girl's day. Yeah. 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 So neither of them know why they're here. Um, And Juliet is holding on to Kate's wrist because Kate has a knife. And what she- do you have? A knife. And, uh, <laughs> yeah. and Kate's like, let go of my wrist. And Juliet does it. She lets go. And it, like you can see in Kate's eyes that she did not expect Juliet to trust her into letting her go, especially because she was like holding it as if she could just like go ahead and just stab her. Yeah. So Kate tries to pick the locks on the handcuffs. Juliet says that she was making tea when the canister went through the window. And Kate's like, what did you do to annoy them? And Juliet just changes the subject. Mm-hmm. Don't worry about it. And so she's like, you probably just should give up with the picking the lock thing because you're not going to be able to pick it like that. You need something smaller. Yeah, knife too big. And I'm like, sorry. <laughs> Kate, come on. Who are you? You should have a bobby pin all the time. Yeah. I guess she's like, I sorry, I lost all my bobby pins in the actual jungle. And <laughs> she's like, I couldn't get to Shopper's Drug Mart to get some more. Yeah, there were no uh, there were no island hubs that I could just pop over to and grab a bobby pin, you know. Yeah, yeah. So Kate wants to go back, and she's like, "Why would we do that? They hurt us." And she's like, "Excuse me, you are they. You watched me live in a cage. You are they. Do not be calling them they. Why I you, don't like you. Why are you separating yourself from them?" Yeah. So she's like, "Oh, my friends were probably gassed too, so we have to go and help them." Um, also, everyone's gone. I watched them leave. And Juliet asks where they were going, and Kate's like, "Sorry, I didn't see their giant map that had the name of the place they were going on it. <laughs> they didn't tell me their nefarious plan." <laughs> Yeah. How weird is that? They walked towards some trees, but there are trees everywhere. So <laughs> everywhere, so that's not super helpful. No, not at all. So Juliet's like, "Well, I'm confused. I don't know things." And Kate's like, "I also don't know things. I never know things. Welcome to the party." And you can see in Kate's mind that she's like, "I love the fact that you don't know." Right? She's mm-hmm. just like relishing. She's like, "Oh, you're as clueless as the rest of us now, huh?" Welcome. So it's night now. Um, Kate is tracking, and she can see that they were dragged, and there's a trail. So we'll follow it back to Darmaville. And I'm like, if there's a trail of them being dragged, would you not be able to see that only one of you was dragged? Mm-hmm. <gasps> not very you know? smart on the tracking there, Kate. What do you? Oh my god, I didn't even think about that. What are you doing? I mean, it is dark, but it's not that dark. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. Like how how would Juliet have faked? that I don't even know how, how she would have been able to fake her them both being dragged I, mm-hmm. I just don't know and also how can you even see in the dark with no torches though because like obviously the moon is very bright but there are so many trees that are blocking the the moonlight I don't know I was gonna say I think it's probably just the moon yeah mm-hmm. so Juliet stops her from walking and she's like let's wait until morning because it's gonna rain and before even Kate says it later I'm just like well then the trail will be gone <laughs> obviously. Mm-hmm. I mean, I guess that's a solid point. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like, why did this happen to us? And Juliet's like, Ben likes to play with our minds. And I'm like, no, that's you. You're doing it right now. She's literally like, oh, you know, Ben and his mind games. And I'm yeah. like, you're the one who's doing a mind game right now. Like, what, what if you, I wonder what would have happened if she just told her the truth right at the get go. Well, then they wouldn't be in the jungle. No, but like what I'm saying is like, if she'd literally said right here, like, okay, so here's what really happened. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I just have so many questions about how far Kate's trust goes. Yeah. That's a good question. I guess I'd be like, how 
far did she and Kate need to like bond for it to be worth it for her? You know what I mean? Yeah. Like I, it kind of makes you wonder like what Juliet's like final thing was. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Interesting. So Kate's like, yeah, I get that. But why did he leave you though? And Juliet's like, I don't want to talk anymore. Probably because she doesn't have any, (laughs) she doesn't know. (laughs) He didn't think that far ahead. And she probably also feels bad about it. Yeah. I love that she's like, do we have to talk? And Kate's like, nope. In fact, I would rather not. So then we hear the thunder, the rain starts pouring down and she's like, we have to keep going because we're going to lose the trail. And Kate is used to trekking in like these conditions in, in like always, mm-hmm. always in the rain and everything, but Juliet is not used to it. Juliet, despite being on this island, has kind of lived a life of luxury. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So she's like, you better not be dragging me around just for Jack. And Kate's like, how dare you? Why it always gonna be? We're trying to pass the Bechtel test here. How dare you <laughs> accurately guess these things? Yeah. <laughs> She's like, I was there when he said not to come back for him. So like, don't do it again because you've ruined his chance to get off the island. And I'm like, I'm pretty no, sure that was Locke. I was like, that was Locke though. Like, I know that Kate's the one who brought Locke there. So like, mm-hmm. I guess I get it. But like, it was mainly Locke. You can't blame Kate for the random crap that Locke decides to do. Yeah. Locke just does what he wants and we have to accept that. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Locke makes his own rules. That's not Kate's fault. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So Kate punches Juliet in the face and then they start fighting, like, like really fighting. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they kiss. And then they <laughs> should probably kiss, but they don't. Uh, What's up with that? Terrible. I don't know. I'm like, I could not imagine. I would immediately just like roll up into a ball at this point because like, I just like my- Bro, you cannot take a hit. Well, no, first of all, I can't take a hit. No. But also like with, if someone else, if my arm is attached to your arm and you're flailing your arm all over the place, my arm is asking to be dislocated. Yeah. I'm about to get injured. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So like, I can't imagine trying to fight back in that scenario. I would just be trying to keep my arm in one place. You'd almost have to like grab the other person's wrist so that their mobility is a little bit mm-hmm. less like there's n- less leeway for them to get behind you with yeah. the cuffs, yeah. right? Like, mm-hmm. like all of us are now figuring out how to fight someone with cuffs on. Yeah. Like, what if th- what if this happens to us one day? Yeah. Yeah. yeah we're like thinking logistically about it. <laughs> this is very much a quicksand scenario for us. Yeah. Never gonna happen. But what if? But like, yeah. what if? I gotta what be prepared. If? Yeah. So Kate dislocates Juliet's arm and she screams and Kate immediately is like, oh my God, I'm so sorry. Cause like, she didn't actually mean to like hurt her or injure her. She was like girl bossing up there. She was like, nah. (laughs) (laughs) The girl bossification of Kate. Mm -hmm. I love this moment a lot because it's like, not only is Kate like, oh my God, I didn't actually mean to like hurt anybody and I'm really sorry, but also she's probably thinking about the concept that if she like knocks out Juliet, now she's dragging Juliet through the jungle. Exactly. She can't get apart from her. Any injury to Juliet is an injury to how they move, how fast she gets back to Jack. Yeah. So then they start hearing the monster sounds and Juliet's like, what is that? But she totally knows what it is. All right. (laughs) Um, And they're like, "Uh uh-oh, what's going to happen? Acting. So then I think we smash cut to commercial. And when we get back, Kate yells at her to get up. And Juliet's like, well, my shoulder is dislocated. So you may see, so you may see how like, I might might be worried about that instead. What if, go with me here, you helped me get up. Yeah. What about that? Oh my gosh. Amazing. (laughs) So they go and hide and I'm like, hey, you guys are like pretty close. Kiss? Did you guys want to kiss about it? Kiss? Okay. This is a really okay. ambient tree. We love yeah. this. We love the mood. The yeah. vibes are good. Yeah. Our friend Casey. Good, good, good vibes. Yeah. Has this remarkable OT3 called um, Schooliet that she calls, <laughs> she calls it Schooliet, which is Sawyer, Kate, and Juliet. And I can't help but support her. You know what? Yeah, she's valid for that. Yeah. yeah, for sure. So the monster's right outside and we get these like lights shining on them like lightning and they do that four times, first of all. And when we saw 
echo when we saw the smoke for the first time. There was also like these like sort of lightning yeah, little like things in inside it. it. Yeah. And so it goes away. They're like, are we safe? And she's like, I don't freaking know. Like you tell me because Kate's assuming that Juliet knows more about it than her, which she does. But she acts like she doesn't. Like a liar. She acts like Kate knows more about the monster than her. You're like, what? I don't know anything <laughs> about that random thing. Yeah. <laughs> Have never seen this black smoke monster before. What is yeah. that? What is it? Well, uh-huh. you think that perimeter's for... <laughs> So they're still in the tree. I don't know how long they waited there, but they're like, um, can we go now? And Kate's like, dude, have you actually never seen that before? And Juliet's like, well, if you think I'm lying, why don't you injure my other shoulder? <laughs> Sorry. What about that? <laughs> Juliet's just such a bitch and I love yeah. her so much um, for it. Yeah. Like Juliet, but I'm also like, I bet Juliet is just regretting her decisions. You know, 100%. she's just like, I'm the one who put us out here and that was on me. You know, that's my bad. Could have avoided that whole situation. Yeah. But it's so fascinating to me, like, you know, obviously for circumstances, it was Kate. Yeah. But it's so fascinating to me if Juliet chose for it to be Kate Mm -hmm. because Mm -hmm. it's like she could have picked Saeed Mm -hmm. but Saeed like she must know enough about Saeed to know that she cannot lie Mm -hmm. to him at all yeah Mm -hmm. so it's so interesting that she was like I have to pick Kate because Kate's love for Jack blinds her to Mm -hmm. reality yeah and that's fascinating to me I completely agree and I actually I put thought into this as well I was just like because she doesn't need to bring Jack she already has Jack's vote she's already got Jack she's already got Jack Saeed won't believe her because Saeed has said multiple times I know when people are lying to me so you're right it it had to be Kate yeah like there was no way and it obviously wasn't going to be Locke because yeah yeah not there I don't I don't know if Locke is on this plane of existence yeah no (laughs) you know he's ascended he doesn't exist in the mortal coil anymore yeah yeah Yeah. and also Locke's pretty good at sussing out people's bullshit yeah Mm. or he thinks he is and that confidence often ends up being like how he does it successfully Mm -hmm. even if he's not actually good at it it's enough to throw other people off yeah. 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 So Kate, once again, is just like, yeah, you know what? That's fair. I'm really sorry. And Juliet's like, it's okay. It's prone to doing that. It's done it multiple times. Um, So don't, don't like think that you're super fancy and dislocated my shoulder because it does that. And it's the fourth time it's been dislocated. So that's one of the numbers. So a very specific number. <laughs> is this supposed to be like an indication to Kate that Juliet has been abused? Because oh. that was my reading is like her saying like, yeah, I kind of got that too. Like she's explaining that. Yeah. Well, they kind of just jerked me around a little bit too so exactly yeah interesting my thought was just that you know being an other it's very stressful being an other and that like you know she's put in situations like that a lot as an other rather than rather than it being like an actual thing of abuse but that's interesting like because i i firmly believe that everything that happened that happened to juliet on that island was abuse Mm -hmm. oh sure so like it i kind of wonder if juliet also considers it that Mm -hmm. that i mean there's a lot to unpack there but there's also like We'll never get the answer right but, yeah so Juliet needs Kate to pop it back in and she doesn't want to and Juliet's like well that's too bad because I'm gonna be real slow and I we can't go anywhere with, with me feeling like this also why doesn't Kate want to is it out of spite or because it's kind of gross I think it's because it's kind of gross it reminded me of in the pilot when uh, Jack was like can you sew up my wound and she was like no I'm scared but then she ended up doing it anyway because she's brave and because she simps for Jack yeah yeah <laughs> she's like I like that you're not wearing 
wearing a shirt. I'll do it. That's sexy. <laughs> yeah, get to look at your... And I'm like, really? Like, of all the sexy men on that island, you chose that one? Right, fine. Really? <laughs> no accounting for taste, I guess. Yeah. So Juliet starts yelling at her about how if you hadn't brought Locke here, I would be on the submarine home, so you kind of owe me. And is like yelling about Jack. She's like, Jack said not to come back to protect me, not because he doesn't want me. And Juliet's like, oh, is that what you think? And she tells her that Jack saw her hooking up with Sawyer. He didn't want you to come back because you broke his heart and he doesn't want to see you. Now fix my arm. And so she does it because Juliet, smart, is like, if I upset her enough, she'll want to hurt me. Exactly. And this will hurt me, but will ultimately help me. And so I want her to do it. This will solve my problem, even if it'll hurt like a bitch. Yeah. Give me your hand. Why? Because I want you to pop it back in. No, I'm not going to. You're going to. Right now, it feels like there's broken glass under my skin. And if it weren't for you, I would be on my way home right now. Jack told me not to come back to protect me because he didn't want me to get hurt. Is that what you think? Yeah, that's what I think. We have cameras on the cages, Kate. All of them. He saw you. You and Sawyer. The reason Jack told you not to come back wasn't because he didn't want you to get hurt. It was because you broke his heart. So, grab my wrist, push up, and twist. I like this moment because we know that Juliet is like sort of being like a fake Juliet who's trying to fool Kate, but this scene really feels like actual genuine Juliet. Mm -hmm. So another little small scene, the girls went to sleep and then they wake up and I really love this moment. Truly a, an actual soft spot in my heart for Juliet in this scene where she's like, Hey, how's your shoulder? And Juliet's like, it's great. It's It's fantastic. Thank you so much. Thanks. Thank you. I love it. Not at all suffering. So it's fine. Yeah, totally not in pain at all. Nope. Kate completely ignores her sarcasm and is just like, okay, let's go. (laughs) That's all Kate wanted to hear. I I only asked because it was polite, really. I just really want to know. (laughs) I don't care. Yeah. So they've been walking together in silence, I guess. And Kate's like, hey, there's something on my mind. Did Jack tell you that I broke his heart? And she goes, because this has been bothering Kate, clearly. And Juliet's like, well, he didn't have to. And Kate just starts smiling. She's like, okay, so you don't know. Yeah. Okay, so he didn't say that to you. You're just inferring. He didn't speak the words. Yeah. So actually, I don't have to be worried because if he said that to you, I'm really upset. But since you're saying you just like thought of that, then I feel better about it. Yeah, we require verbal confirmation. (laughs) Because Jack would never say that to anyone. Yeah, she's like, you don't even know him. Did he say that to you? Sorry? But I broke his heart. He didn't have to. You don't know anything about him. I know where he was born. I know what his parents did for a living. I know that he was married. And who he was married to. I know why he got a divorce. I know how his father died. I know his height, his weight, his birthday, and his blood type. What do you know about him, Kate? She's like, I know so many fun facts about him. Here's so here's the trivia of the things I know about Jack. Yeah. I know he was married and I know who he was married to. And Kate seems surprised by that one. Like she did not know that he was married. Yeah. Which is funny because she was also married and ultimately Jack definitely doesn't know about that. Like Sawyer knows. Sawyer knows that Kate was married, but Jack doesn't. Oops. And I know why he got divorced. 
I know everything that would be on his driver's license. What do you know? And Kate's real, and Kate's like, ugh, whatever. But she's actually realizing that she does not know that much about Jack. Which is how I'm always so confused how these people like fall in love with each other. I'm like, but you don't know anything about each other. Mm-hmm. What do, what is it that you love then? It's yeah. almost like uh, you ever heard of the the show Love Is Blind? Yes, for sure. I watched that. Yeah, it's very much like like they're not in pods, obviously, but there's nothing mm-hmm. outside of what their current situation is that's distracting them from getting to know people. So even if you mm-hmm. don't know a whole lot about someone, like I don't know what dog they had when they were six, or did they break their toe in the fourth grade? Like it just yeah. it, that sort of like deep stuff doesn't always need to be there for them to develop feelings and I don't know if I were lost on an island with someone who was cute maybe I would fall in love with them too so fair enough yeah but I'm also like you have so much time I would be so bored I would be talking to every single person asking them about their life story yeah like please just fill my time interesting person yeah Mm -hmm. yeah I just think it's funny that Kate knows that Sawyer's never been to Disneyland. Wait, wait, maybe Kate's the one who has never been to Disneyland. I think but, it's that Kate's never been to Disneyland. Yeah, but, and she knows that Sawyer's never voted and she knows, you know, she knows things about it because of the I Never Seen, which is one of my favorite scenes in the whole show. Mm-hmm. But like, she's never had any of these conversations with Jack, you know, like about point. his actual life. Yep. Did she even, I, I think that she did know that his dad was dead, but like, did does she know his name? You know? Yeah. Maybe not. Yeah. I don't think, I just don't think, I just can't imagine being, like, doing the long, long treks, day-long treks that they do, and I'm like, y'all don't want to, like, chat? I don't know. (laughs) Jack doesn't really- I, no, we're in complete agreement here. Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. Jack doesn't really seem like the type of person to just, like, spill all his secrets, I guess, Mm -hmm. even though he does like Kate to some capacity. I don't know if he would be as willing to go out of his way to- to tell his life story because he's still got so much like I don't know he just he it seems to me like he's still caught up in his head about everything with his dad and like his whole life so he mm-hmm. just would rather not think about it I just like can't shut up about my own life you know what I mean right? I just like <laughs> I'm just like every anecdote that I think of I have to say out loud about, yeah, about as, things that happen as someone who lives with you I can confirm that yeah, yeah. <laughs> I just need people to like me so much sometimes she's heard them already and I'll just say them again yeah I've heard many yeah but it's like all the time <laughs> When you think your life is interesting, of course you're going to talk about it. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I just like, even if he doesn't want to talk about Sarah, even if he doesn't want to talk about Christian, you know, he had, his best friend was named Mark and he was friends with Mark for years and years and years. He was friends with Mark um, as children and Mark was the best man at his wedding. Do you ever talk about Mark? You know, ever, uh, does something ever happen where you're like, I have no bad feelings about Mark, (laughs) you know? Yeah. Yeah. What's your life with Mark? Whatever. What happened with you and Mark? You know what I mean? What's the tea? What's the tea? You have one pure so. relationship you can bring back with you from the real world. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> I like that. Yeah. So Kate's like, ugh, whatever. Like, I totally know stuff, but she doesn't know anything. <laughs> and then they hear the monster again and start running. And I'm like, hey, I just wanted to say y'all should like hold hands so you don't accidentally rip off your wrists. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's like a good option. It worked on Sherlock. <laughs> Stop. <laughs> Bringing up Sherlock in 2021 is considered a hate crime. I know it's oh true. No. Yes. Oh no. <laughs> Bitches just be bringing up Sherlock. That's me. That was me and Steph's thing. It was. We had to dance for the theme song. Yeah, bro, l- bro. Listen, I was in. I was. I was. Uh. Uh. Like I did the Hulock thing. Yeah. Not with the yeah. super. I. I was there. Mm-hmm. I lived it. I lived the Star Wars. I lived there too. Yeah. I made fan art. Where is it? It's on my Tumblr. Can we show receipts? I need to see. Wait, for Doctor Who, not for Sherlock. No, uh, uh, Sherlock was there too. Oh, bro. Oh, no. to find oh, bro. Okay, 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 I don't okay. know how I haven't seen this before. I had like, not like drawings, but like I made graphics. Like, I would love to see Bro, it. I was like is it deep in the Sherlock. Hold on. 
is it just Irene Adler? No, it's not all just Irene Adler. Okay. Though I, I was obsessed with Irene Adler before I knew I was gay. And then afterwards I figured that out that I was gay. And I was like, this makes sense. Do you have any Moriarty content? Yes. Thank God. Oh, good. Because I fan cast Andrew as the next master. Oh my God, that would be so good. Oh, wow. Yeah. Anyway, yes, please, please, please find this for me. It's very mm-hmm, important. Yeah. So yes, okay, so they hear the monster again. They should probably be holding hands, but for some reason they don't. Juliet trips and then they fall in the mud. Guys, you are way too covered in mud. <laughs> you are way too covered in mud. That was very extra. Yeah, like way too covered for just one fall. But also if you look, if you like pay attention, you can see that they're already covered in mud when they fall. You know what I mean? Yeah. How many takes did they have to get that to, yeah. to get that good shot? I'm just like, why is there mud all over your back though? Like you fell on your face. Yeah. And also why is the mud orange? <laughs> that just seemed strange to me. Like that must be, is that an island thing? Probably. I don't know. All the, all the rest of the, like a, like a tropical thing. All the rest of the dirt seemed like just regular dirt, right? Like yeah, it just, I like when they were like... doing the tracking scene, mm-hmm. it was like just black dirt. And then they fell mm-hmm. in this orange puddle of mud. I don't like it. Yeah. It just seems very strange to me. Yeah. So they, they keep running. They get to the sonar fence and Kate stops and Juliet's like, why are you stopping? And she's like, dude, I've seen a man die from going through that so no thank you (laughs) and Juliet's like well it's off and you know how she knows that is that she's the one who turned it off when she brought Kate out there yeah oh right duh so it's off and I'm like even without having to unlock it I'm like Kate if she's willing to also go through it herself like she'll go first it's probably off so Kate's like Kate wants to go around and Juliet's like that's stupid so she's like (laughs) I want to go through um, and so to save herself, Juliet gets the key out and unlocks the handcuffs. Juliet crosses the threshold and opens the control panel. The code, fun fact, 151623. <laughs> That's a bit on the nose. Yeah. Convenient, yeah. It is a bit on the nose. So Kate's still on the other side and Juliet's like, I'm going to turn it on now. So you're probably going to want to come over here. And so Kate goes through, she turns it on, the smoke is stopped by the force field and then it leaves. And Kate keeps running as if it wouldn't stop it, which makes total sense. Yeah. Because she has no idea what the plan is. On Lostpedia, it said, when the monster attacks Juliet the second time, three separate puffs of smoke converge before slamming into the sonic fence. The producers have confirmed that one of the names for the monster is Cerberus, which in mythology had three heads. Yeah. So actually its name is Flappy. <laughs> oh my god. So now we're going to be calling the smoke monster Fluffy. Yeah. Okay, yeah. change approved. So I love this moment because then Kate turns around and pushes Juliet like, hey, you tricked me. And I'm like, you probably could have afforded to push her harder. Yeah. <laughs> she just pushed her yeah. like, oh, what the heck? Hey, that wasn't very nice. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> a, love, a love tap. Yeah. Hey, you're meanie. So Juliet's like, okay, we do know, we don't know what it is, but we do know how to stop it. And she's like, I just wanted to remind you that I was also left behind. I was gassed. I was with them for three years and they straight up left me. So I'm really upset. (laughs) And I took you out here because I wanted you to think that we were in this together. So I don't get left behind again. All right. We don't know what it is, but we know that it doesn't like our fences. You had a key. They left me behind too. They gassed me. I know that you don't care. But the people I spent the last three years of my life with, they just left me. I thought that maybe, maybe if I could make you think that we were in it together, maybe I wouldn't get left behind again. So she wants to join Kate's 
crew and I and she needed more than just Jack's vote. Yeah, she needed a little bit extra leverage. Yeah. And I don't think that Kate likes Juliet enough to be like, I'm completely on Juliet's side and I will vote against Said in this. Mm-hmm. But she's enough on that side that it's like tips them over to half. Well she can't like justify leaving her, basically. Yeah. 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 Kate was very angry is the term I think I used out loud when I was watching the episode a little bit yeah. ago. Yeah. <laughs> She, she literally, like, stomps off and is like, hmm. Chucks the handcuffs, like, I don't need these anymore. Right. I love yeah. that she's, like, leaving another pair of handcuffs in the jungle, just like she did in the pilot. Yeah. So this is where I had, like, my notes about, like, why didn't she bring Jack? Why didn't she bring Saeed? But we talked about that. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, Kate's upset. She walks ahead. So Kate and Juliet get back to the barracks, and no one is there. Um, they've clearly wiped down their faces a little bit. Mm-hmm. There's not as much mud on their faces anymore. Juliet knows where Jack and Saeed are. Uh, Saeed's, like, in some backyard. And I'm like, ah, yes, Carl's fabled backyard (laughs) (laughs) in a stranger in a strange land yeah and so kate should go get jack so she goes into his house he's still unconscious on the floor and it's been a whole extra 24 hours and i was like oh my gosh was there was their gas worse or like what yeah what was the what was the different levels of the gassing that because juliet was out of it right quick but yeah because i noticed there were two canisters in there instead of just one yeah in jack's but if saeed is in some backyard i'm like how did he get gassed if the gas just goes into the air oh my god duh yeah explain that <laughs> like i'm like someone could have like I don't, know. I don't know like something in a handkerchief maybe yeah or something yeah like a chloroform type thing yeah but yeah there are two canisters of gas in jacks and i'm like i just support i just love the the director and everything they think of everything yeah you know mm-hmm. they were like this doesn't make sense that they're still asleep we need to there to be a reason and then they made it textual yeah i just appreciated that they they have an attention to detail that is unmatched yeah so she wakes up jack and he immediately is like what am i out of control tell me what happened <laughs> So she tells him what happened and apologizes and she's like, I'm sorry. Like, I thought you wanted me to come back, but you didn't. And I messed up everything. And so she cries and he doesn't say that he forgives her. He's just like, okay. And so they move on. And I'm just like, Ugh. this is brutal. Yeah. Yeah. That was very not cool of him. But also like, but also like what else is new? Right. Well, yeah, and also like, this was going to be huge. He was going to save everybody with this, you know? And he just, he, wa- he was going to go home. It was like the big thing that everybody wishes for. And she, I still don't want to say that it's just her fault. You know, because I do think it's mostly Locke. Yeah. It is mostly Locke. It's not her fault. Yeah, like maybe she did bring him there, but Locke made the decision to blow that submarine up. Like he didn't do that because Kate said, hey, you should blow that up. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Locke was straight up uh, like tricking them into getting caught so that he could go do that. Like Kate and Saeed were so deeply not a part of that decision. So yeah, he doesn't forgive her. And like, I know that he's like confused and like messed up right now, but he doesn't forgive her and he probably should. Even though, but I also like, "Eh, I don't know, it's... She did kind of mess you up, but I don't think it was mainly her fault. So she's like, everybody left. And he's like, they all left? Like, even Juliet? And Kate's face is like, mm, it's telling that you're asking about her specifically. Yeah. Hmm. And she's like, no, he. she was also left. And he's like, why? And she's like, I don't know. You know more, more about her than me. I don't know. Probably because she went against Ben and almost got executed. Mm, yeah, that might have something to do with it. Yeah. That'll do it. Probably that. That'll freaking do, freaking do it. <laughs> and Jack seems really upset about that and I feel like he's probably mostly betrayed by known football bro Tom Friendly Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, Friendly oh, he's like I can't believe Friendly left me here what a guy yeah and so Jack's like okay now we have to go back to camp okay here's what I would do okay I would bring all of our people back here change the password on the sonar fence because we have Juliet and we can do that now we're the others oh now I have a fridge yeah. with chicken in it oh <laughs> 
So now what? And now you're the one living in the jungle not knowing what's going on. I'm just saying. Yeah, it's a, it's a good option. Perhaps. Okay, okay, okay. Uh-huh. But how much do you think that they would be like, but what if the others do come back and maybe they've got secret passages or something, you know? And maybe they do. <laughs> My thought so at is- least I have a fridge. Where where the heck would they even have gone, the others? Like, it's like, it, yeah. it's like they said that 50 people just up and disappeared. Like, mm-hmm. I'd like- Fair enough. Yeah. Big island. Who's, who knows? Yeah. Couldn't they have gone to the other island too? Yeah, they could have. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, that's possible, yeah. So they go outside. Jack and Juliet are reuniting and they're like, are you okay? Yes, I'm okay. And Kate's like, I'm uncomfy. <laughs> I'm not okay in yeah. case anyone was wondering. Yeah. And then Saeed shows up and Saeed's like, yes, I checked. Everything's gone. Everyone disappeared. And Jack is like, okay, we'll just grab anything that we can find and head out. And he and Juliet start walking away and Saeed's like, um, she can't come. And Jack's like, yes, she can. Yeah, no, she can. You can't sit with us. <laughs> so he vouches okay, literally. for her. And he's like, she was left too. And Kate and Saeed are like, not super into it, but they're like, uh, well, we can't go against Jack because he's the main leader. Yeah. So, yeah. I'm like, what is? The look they shared was uh, just the best. They were like, yeah. are you for real right now? <laughs> yeah, but alrighty. Are you dead ass right now? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, is there anything else you guys wanted to mention about the island storyline before we move on? No, just that it should have been more gay. Yeah. Should have been more gay. Thank there you. were so many opportunities that were missed and very disappointed. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. So I'm gonna have to give this episode one star because there was no gay. Yeah. Every episode, like all of my Wait, why star is that rating, literally me on Letterbox. All of my star ratings <laughs> are based on how gay it was, and unfortunately, um, there's one scene or there's one episode in season four that gets five stars. Every other episode gets one. Star. <laughs> yeah. Respect. Yeah. Uh... So before we move on to our flashbacks, we're going to talk about Patreon. What? So Patreon is a service in which you can donate to some of your favorite creators. We have a Patreon. It's patreon.com slash theaficionados, and it is a monthly donation. The first one just starts at the $1 level. It is early access to every single one of our podcasts. Um, we currently only have one podcast that is weekly, so that is one day in advance, but all the other ones come out a whole week in advance, so it's def worth it. Um, $2 gets you access to our Discord server. $5 gets you 10% off at shopylux.com, which is where me and Brittany sell some really cool stuff. Um, Brittany sells just a couple resin pieces still. And then she also sells uh, enamel pins and stickers, stickers and, and prints. Yeah, lots of cool stuff over there. And I do embroidery and I have several lost embroideries if you guys want to check it out, um, including one I think I gave to Steph for Christmas. Yeah, it's uh, hanging up somewhere in my room, actually. Yeah, it's on the wall right beside my bed. Yes, I got them the... Well, I got them. I made it. Um, <laughs> yeah, got. Yeah. <laughs> it was the Dharma Initiative logo. I did the swan. Mm-hmm. I have it available that I can do any of the Dharma logos, but only the swan has ever been ordered. So I'm just like, hello, Suliet Nation, where are you? <laughs> the star one and the wrench one. Mm-hmm. Duh. Good point. But okay, so that is $5. And then my personal favorite is our $10 level, which gets you access to our Patreon-only podcast, which is called Okay, Love You, Hi! Hi. And <laughs> We talk for about 45 minutes every two weeks about whatever we want to talk about, whatever our listeners are suggesting to us. And um, we did a recent episode on how the aficionados came to be and um, our origin stories about how we started the podcast network and then another episode about how we learned that we were queer and our various traumas about that. Yes. (laughs) Oh, so fun. 
So those are it fun. It actually wound up being pretty fun. Yeah. yeah. And uh, so we're looking to do some more story ones if anyone has any uh, any suggestions. But yeah, that's uh, what you can get on our Patreon. If you can't help us out on Patreon, like I said, check out choppylux.com. That's another way that you can support us and also get something really cool. And then other than that, it is recommending us to a friend. That also helps. We'd really appreciate it. You can recommend this one or any of our other podcasts that we're going to talk about later. Either way, you're the best just for listening to this. It's true. Thanks. Indeed. So now we're going to do our, uh, the flashbacks and Brittany did the summary for the flashbacks. I did do the summary for the flashbacks. Mm-hmm. Okay. So in the past, Kate, aka Lucy, is having her car towed. At the repair place, she spots Sawyer's ex, Cassidy, attempting the jewelry con that he taught her, but she's super bad at it and her mark wants to call the cops. Kate covers for her girlfriend. Mm-hmm. Cassidy clocks Kate right away and asks why she'd help her just to avoid police attention. She asks Kate out for a drink. Girlfriends. Mm-hmm. At a bar, Kate tells Cassidy she chose the name Lucy because it's a saint's name. She then just fully tells Cassidy everything about killing her stepdad, Wayne, her being an escaped convict, and about how Wayne abused her mom, Diane, who she's in Iowa trying to see. Cassidy offers to help Kate find her mom since she too fell in with the wrong man, a quote unquote bad guy, and knows what it's like to be betrayed. One of them deserves something good for their pain. Kate tries to visit her mom and ends up faced with the marshal and his bros, but luckily for her, it's not Kate. It's Cassidy in disguise. They meet up later and Cassidy asks what exactly Kate did to Wayne to make the FBI hunt her. Kate explains she took out an insurance policy on his house and then blew it up, setting her mom up financially for life. She doesn't understand why her mom would turn her in. Cassidy heads to a diner and orders soup from Kate's mom. She purposefully spills it on her and forces Diane to go to the bathroom to clean up, where Kate is free to actually talk to her. Diane says she's not grateful to Kate because even though Wayne was abusive, you can't help who you love. She accuses Kate of killing Wayne for herself, not for Diane's. So is Kate going to apologize? Um, no. (laughs) Diane says she won't turn Kate in this time, but she will if she ever sees her again. Cassidy and Kate spend one last moment together as Cassidy takes Kate to her now-fixed car. Kate wants to know who conned Cassidy. She wants to help her get revenge. Cassidy says that she's pregnant. Kate still thinks she should turn her con man in, but Cassidy points out that Kate won't forgive her own mom for calling the cops. Kate tells Cassidy her real name before they part ways. Romance. Romance. I like, my favorite sentence was, Kate wants to know who conned Cassidy. I it's it, like and the yeah, fact right. that I got through it without stumbling. Yeah. Impressive. Thank you. So from what we understand about the timeline here, this episode's flashbacks take place after the long con, which was the episode that Sawyer met Cassidy and did all obviously, the conning with yes, Cassidy. Yes, yes, yes. And also after what Kate did, obviously, because that's when she killed Wayne. But it happens before Every Man for Himself, which was the episode where Sawyer was in jail and Cassidy comes and shows him a picture of their daughter. Yeah, right. Okay. Yeah. So on Lostpedia, it said, according to Kate, this flashback takes place just a few months after she killed her biological father, Wayne, in what Kate did. This takes this places the flashbacks in Left Behind in either late 2001 or early 2002. So long go i know (laughs) so we hear her listening to walking after midnight on her car radio we know that kate loves patsy klein Mm -hmm. um i just wish that they would use more than two songs every time that we get a kate flashback she's listening to a patsy klein song because we know that kate loves patsy klein Mm -hmm. but they only ever use like two songs and i'm like is it like you guys have so much money i'm like you guys have so much money though yeah but this was back in the this was network tv back in the day it's true they just keep using the same songs and i'm like well can we call up Patsy? Never mind. I was like, can we call up Patsy Klein and ask what I realized that she died in a plane crash and that's why they use her? Oh my god. So I'm like, maybe oh my not. God. So her car is being towed and it's going to take two or three days to get it fixed. And she's like, really that long? And he's like, yeah, welcome to Iowa. And I'm like, ah, she's from here. <laughs> welcome to Iowa. Thanks. I was born here. Thanks. Whatever. Been there, done that. Sorry. He's like, hi, I'm Johnny. And she's like, hi, I'm Lucy. And I, if, if I was her, I'd be like, why do I need to know? Yeah. Leave me alone, random hi, man. I'm Johnny. <laughs> Great. Great. Cool. And then they get to his garage and it says Johnny's garage on it. And I'm like, 
Oh, okay. So now he's a business owner. Oh, okay. I, you know what? I, we love a businessman. I flipped my co- I've, I've flipped the script on uh, Johnny here. A distinguished gentleman. Yeah. <laughs> At first, I was just like, "You're a random person." A gentleman of commerce. <laughs> So they arrive at the garage and we see the woman sh- selling jewelry and it's Cassidy trying to pull the con that she and Sawyer used to do. But it's harder to do with one person because they were doing it with two people before. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know how you would even think of pulling it off with one person. Yeah. And I'm like, Cassidy's just strong, independent woman can do herself, I guess. I'm like, has this worked previously or is this for the first time you're trying it? There's no way. Yeah. You, you have to have the person who buys into it. Yeah. Uh, but she, yeah, so she's totally failing it. Um, and Johnny's like, hey, I'll drive you back into town like in an hour when I'm off. And uh, I'd be like, leave me alone. Kate's like, thanks, I'm gay, bye. Yeah, <laughs> no thanks. Please, in my mind she is, right? Yeah, she like doesn't even answer him. She just walks over. It's canon in my mind. Exactly. Yes. So this random guy is going to call the cops and she tries to apologize, but they know that they're being scammed. And so Kate says that her dad owns a jewelry store. So I would know, but that's a full lie. Mm-hmm. Neither of her dads did that. No. And so she buys a necklace for 60 bucks. And it's like, oh my god, a steal. So of course she buys it. And she has a hat that says cowboy up on it. <laughs> No. No, it's so good. No. But is she wearing it ironically? I I don't think Kate has the capacity to wear anything ironically. Yeah, yeah no, that doesn't seem in her wheelhouse. It is something that Sawyer says to Carl at some point. Like, it's a thing that Sawyer says. So it's funny that she's wearing this with Cassidy, who also has something to do with Sawyer. But I'm also like, purpose. you could not catch me wearing a hat that says cowboy up. You couldn't it. catch me wearing, like, a trucker hat at all. Yeah. That's yeah, right. no. So she successfully, like, de-escalates the situation and the dudes and Johnny leave. Or I guess it's just one guy. She's also not wearing the band-aid that Sawyer wore. Like, part of his... Part of the scam was that he put on a band-aid so that if he needed to be like if the guys were trying to identify him, the main thing that they would remember was that he had a band-aid on his head on his face that looked like he had a broken nose. Oh right. Oh yeah. And uh, she's not doing that. She just looks normal. So they both walk away. Kate asks for her money back. They exchange the things again. And she's like, hey, why did you help me? And she's like, I don't know, just girls gotta watch out for each other. Yeah, they do. Mm, I don't think so, girl boss. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Cassidy immediately sees through this and she's like, you didn't want the cops called. She's like, listen, I'll drive you into town. And Kate's like, I'd way rather hang out with you than Johnny. So Uh, that's great. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Yes, I will take a ride from you, sweet lady, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. And she's like, and you can buy me a drink, gay. Ugh. I'm telling you! Yeah. But then I was rewatching it this morning and I was like, ma'am, you're pregnant. (laughs) Well, then she drinks like two drinks. Oh my god! Yeah. Yeah. And maybe, you know that you're pregnant. Maybe they were non-alcoholic. But then wouldn't Kate know? Because she'd be like, you can buy me a drink and you're lucky because it's water and it's free. <laughs> oh my God. You don't need to buy me anything. Okay, so plot hole? Maybe. Gotta be. Like, is it, like, it's never good to drink alcohol when you're pregnant, obviously. But like, is there a time when it's not as bad? Or is it just always bad? It's always bad. Yeah. Like, they, some people say in moderation and mm-hmm. you can't really help it if it's like before you know you're pregnant. Yeah. But yeah. At least she's not like downing them like Kate is. Yeah. Well, and we don't know how, how long she's known that she was pregnant for. So true. Kate was there for two days and she figured out in between those. Yeah. I mean, that's possible, Maybe. right? Yeah. So they go into the bar and there's a pool table in the bar. And Kate is also in a room with a pool table on the, in the Island storyline. So those two things kind of go together. Mm-hmm. Can Kate even play pool? Who know- You know what? I bet she can. You'll probably. Yeah, probably. She seems like the type. Yeah. So Cassidy asks her her name. 
she says it's Lucy and she can immediately tell that she's lying. So what's your real name? Um, Cause you had to think about it when I asked you. And she's like, I wasn't, I didn't even think about it. And she's like, you thought about it for just a second, but I'm like, but most people wouldn't be looking for her thinking to be fair. Yeah. Yeah. But of course she would after seeing that she didn't want the cops on her. Yeah. She's already mm-hmm. got, she's already got her number. But if, also if I was Kate, I'd be like, who are you to be giving me tips? I'm the, you've messed up majorly at the garage yeah, today right. and I'm the one who saved you. Fair enough. So who are you to be giving me tips? So she's like, why did you choose the name Lucy? She says that Lucy is a saint and she memorized them when she was in school. So St. Lucy, the Feast of St. Lucy falls on December 13th, which is the same day that the events of the episode occur. Oh! Um, including the feast at the beach. So they're having a feast in this episode <gasps> that takes place on December 13th. Oh my God. So they, they, really, they, they, they really, never miss. Yeah, yeah. So she's like, okay, so you went to Sunday school and now you're scared of cops? And Kate's like, yes, and here's why. So she won't say her real name, but she'll tell her her full crime. This is what this is what's killing me. I was like, Kate, you're sharing everything with this person you don't know Mm -hmm. and you wonder why people randomly catch you it's just a bit of overshare you know yeah yeah (laughs) that's a bit of overshare between strangers Mm -hmm. yeah and it's also like, this was literally her, this state in this town, in this town that Cassidy lives in. She doesn't even need to know your name. She can just look up the crime and yeah. find your name because it'll be in the newspaper, right? Yep. Like, whatever. So she's like, I killed my stepdad and escaped because like he, and I killed him because he was a bad guy. And she still says stepdad because she knew him as her stepdad, even though we learn in what Kate did that he was her actual real dad, mm-hmm. which hurts. So she's like, why are you in Iowa? She says, I want to talk to my mom. And Cassidy's like, well, she'll probably be being watched if you did what you said you did. And she's like, oh, I'll figure it out. And Cassidy's like, oh, okay. Oh, sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No problem. <laughs> trust. Trust. Yeah. Uh, it's like that one friend who like is like, let's go to the restaurant. And it's like, well, it's a fancy restaurant that you need a reservation for. Okay, well, we'll just go and we'll see. Oh, we'll my God. Like, oh, so stressful. Like, that gives me so much stress. No, it's like, stressful. <laughs> well, like, I called them and they said that we need a register, like a reservation a thing like they're not gonna let us in if we don't have one it's like okay well we'll just go and we'll see what happens they'll just let us in no thank you that is not a friend that i can have (laughs) yeah like she's like well you're gonna be literally arrested and tackled to the ground by feds no i'll figure it out (laughs) stop look at that's a minor complication you know we'll cross that bridge when we come to it it's fine so she's like what do you want to do you want to help me and she has to think about it for a second but then she decides that she she does want to help her and she says that she fell in love with a bad guy who stole all of her money and like embarrassed her i love that kate ends up hooking up with the same dude without knowing yeah Yeah. that's the funny part and so she's like well one of us deserves good things so we're gonna do this cassidy dressed as kate walks up to diane's house with a rolling case and she's immediately taken down by agents like it immediately yeah she didn't say the chance. And Edward Mars himself is here. It's always fun to see dead characters. <laughs> is it? Yes. I hate this guy. I know. I always love seeing him though, because every single time I'm reminded of like that conversation that we always have about like how he's like secretly weirdly in love with her. He is though. Yeah. And they're straight up just inside Diane's house. Like how long did they just hang out in there? Yeah, that's what yeah. I, that was my question as well is like, did they just camp out there because they knew that Kate was in town? Like, here's the thing. I don't think that Diane realized when she was giving up Kate for doing this crime that she would then have agents just in her house for like two full months. Yeah. You know, and then maybe, and maybe she wouldn't have if she had known that. Mm-hmm. Cause then she also just would get a bunch of money. Like we'll talk about this when Kate goes and actually talks to her mom, but like, I don't know whose side I'm on there. So yeah. Are the agents there all the time like she needs privacy in her life i mean maybe that sucks maybe they got 
I don't know, maybe they got tipped off. Like, they obviously had to be at least watching the neighborhood, if nothing else. So Yeah. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So they take off her hat and her sunglasses, and oh my god, it's just a random woman. <laughs> what? Who is that? This probably means nothing. Where did she get that good quality wig? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Who would like to know? I have so many complaints about this wig. They're, she's like, they questioned me for half an hour, and they didn't notice that your wig was fake, and the fact that you're not even wearing a wig cap, or have you don't even have it, like, glued down at all. No. None of it is laid properly. It mm-hmm. looks like shit. Like, I know that the, that your hairline is coming up on that, you know? <laughs> and like, are you really police officers if you can't notice that someone's wearing a weird wig? Honestly, if all the police officers were male, probably not. Yeah, that's true. Probably not. Yeah. And so Mars says to her, long time no see, Austin. So now Cassidy knows her last name. Hmm. More Googling you could be yes, doing. It's yeah, extremely just... Googleable. Yeah. Putting two and two together. Wait a second. This isn't Kate. <gasps> she's like yes. i'm just selling bibles yeah and so he gets the case open and it actually is just a bunch of bibles and i'm like did they have to buy these bibles he like did cassidy have these bibles I feel in her like house cassidy had them mm. dead ass just rip the door off of that little case like i know i'm like excuse me that's my property who do i call i want to be reimbursed by the fbi yeah, yeah right <laughs> And so Kate is watching from across the street with binoculars and she's just like, mm, probably good that I took her advice on this one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So Cassidy comes back to Kate's motel room and we see Kate in a lot of her flashbacks. Uh, Kate and motels is really interesting. She has the, the, the do not disturb thing is on the inside. I'm like, girl, you don't have the do not disturb thing on the outside? That's out of character. Oh, her room service is going to come for you. <laughs> That's out of character. The maids are going to be like, hey, wait a second. Didn't you blow up your dad? <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> not, like the, not like housekeepers have haven't been through enough just all the time oh my god right yeah and i'm assuming they had the room put under cassidy and kate snuck in somehow because she couldn't have booked that room by herself they would have seen her mm-hmm. and been like mm, you're all over the news <laughs> yeah like that's the thing is it's so risky for her, her to be here in iowa like yeah. i understand when she's doing these in like random other states and stuff like that but like when she's in iowa girl be careful mm-hmm. i think this is because this is be- the beginning of her journey as an outlaw mm-hmm. yeah she's still making rookie mistakes because she hasn't learned not to yeah that's yeah. For sure, true. So yeah, Cassidy says that she was questioned for 30 minutes. And yeah, I was like, she's, but she, her wig wasn't even secured on. Like, are you stupid? (laughs) Uh, Like if they found that, she'd be like, oh, I don't know. I like the aesthetic of wigs. I just, sorry. I had a bad hair day. Wigs just make me feel safe. Yeah. yeah. She's like, so they confiscated my case and they asked too many questions about Bibles. Did they? Ask, I, that would make sense. You'd be like, why are you selling Bibles? Yeah. She's like, I'm religious. I'd be like, it's just a job. I don't know. Yeah. They'd be like, and tell us about uh the, uh, man, I don't know any. Paul. <laughs> what do you know about Passover? <laughs> yeah. Tell yeah. Me about, yeah. <laughs> I can't think of anything. I'm just like, yeah, bring up what, what's John 316. John 316. <laughs> tell us. Uh, and she'd be like uh i don't know kate's the one who went to sunday school so apparently there were six dudes waiting for her and kate's like yeah it's fine and she's like it's fine she's like i can handle six dudes yeah she's like that that man like this edward mars guy will die before he loses you again if it, like if he catches you like he will die and you, you are screwed and yeah. she's like uh and he will <laughs> and he does <laughs> and that's a promise. Yeah. Lostpedia pointed out that the the bathroom, there's like this picture framed in an oct- octagon frame. Oh. Which is, hmm. uh, invokes Dharma, obviously. Mm-hmm. And so Kate's like, yeah, I know it's a big deal. Listen, if you don't want to help anymore, it's okay. And she's like, I do want to help you, but I'm lying to the police. So you should probably give me a reason that I'm doing this. Yeah. Now we know what we're up against, right? Yeah, now we know that there were six guys waiting to take you down, Lucy. Yeah, it's okay. I'll figure it out. Figure it out? That Marshall? I don't know what you did to him, but if he ever gets his hands on you, it is gonna be you or him. Look, if you've changed your mind, 
If you don't want to help me, I get it. No, I do want to help you, but if I'm lying to federal agents, Lucy, so that you can have a chat with your mom, then I at least need to know that there's a pretty good reason. He uh, used to get drunk and beat up my mom, so I blew up his house. I made it look like an accident, a gas leak. Took out an insurance policy on the house for her. Set her up for life. And then she gave me up. Chose him over me. So the reason I need to talk to her is someone I love. Someone who's supposed to care about me betrayed me. And I want to know why. Well, then let's go find out. But she told on me. She chose him over me and I need to know why she betrayed me. Which is And Cassidy's like, all right, that's a good reason. Fair, yeah. And I guess I would want to know as well, for sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's what I really like about this episode is how complicated the human emotions are in it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So Cassidy's at the diner. She's been given soup. soup. Di- Diane calls her soup. sweetheart. I just think that Diane is so comforting. It's because she's aunt's... Uh, what is it? She's, she's Zelda, Zelda or Hilda? I think she's Zelda. I think she's Zelda too. Oh, yeah. She's just, her Her face is comforting. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's interesting because both Cassidy and Sawyer have been served by Diane at this diner. Diane accidentally <laughs> runs into most of the people on this island. Yeah, yeah. because uh, Sawyer was served at this diner in the Long Con. Oh. Yeah. yeah. So Cassidy strategically knocks soup all over Diane and she's like, oh my God, sorry, sorry. Her apology is very convincing. Yes. I think she's Cassidy's a good, a good liar. Actor, yeah. Like that's something that I, that I talk about on our podcasts a lot is that just like, there are characters who like, obviously these characters are being played by good actors, mm-hmm. but are the characters themselves good actors? Because sometimes it's harder as an actor to play a character that's a bad actor. I was yeah. just going to say that's why um, Hurley is such a great character because mm-hmm. he can't act for shit. Yeah. But wow, does he do a good job. Yeah, exactly. Like Jorge is so good. Hurley is not. Ex- yeah, yeah. 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 The way I forgot Ex- Jorge's name and I was yeah. like trying so hard not to expose that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but like Kate and Cassidy and Sawyer are all characters being played by good actors who are good actors, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. Yeah, it takes a good actor to play a bad actor. Exactly, yeah. yes. Exactly. So my next question was like, doesn't Diane recognize her? Like she looked her straight in the face when she knocked her on, knocked on her door. But I was like- Oh yeah. I was like, she was wearing sunglasses then. She's wearing different glasses now and different hair. So like, I guess I get it. But she mm-hmm. looked her, like there was, a, there was a moment that she like looked her straight in the face. But there's also the argument that because of what, like Diane's job, she sees a thousand faces yeah. in a day. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I think this is true, but I like the concept and maybe the headcanon of Diane with that that lingering look when she knocked on her door. Like mm-hmm. she, there's a lingering moment where she stares at her face. Okay. So I'm like, do I have the headcanon that Diane recognized Cassidy? Because it was literally like the next day because she only has, like Kate only has three days in Iowa. So literally the next day she sees Cassidy at her diner. And I'm going to say that since that before was like, 
like Kate related and she was wearing Kate's actual jacket right and when Kate goes to see her in the bathroom she's wearing that jacket again so I'm like even if she could like smell Kate on her knowing that that was actually about Kate seeing Cassidy again now being like I think this is about Kate maybe she knew that it wasn't an accident and she went in the bathroom knowing that Kate was coming that's possible I don't know if I actually believe that that's true but I'm interested in the nuance I think you could make the argument for it very convincingly as someone who works in retail and sees like thousands of people a day can confirm Mm -hmm. if you see someone for a glimpse one day and they come back the next day you do recognize them usually yeah interesting so it's it's entirely possible that maybe she did even if it's just like a small flicker of recognition Mm -hmm. or like the like you said the smell of kate's jacket or something that triggered that that she maybe knew but didn't think too much on it Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I'm like, maybe if it was like weeks apart, she wouldn't recognize her. But since it was like literally the next, the next day, day. Yeah. yeah. So she's like, oh, it's okay. It happens a lot. Don't worry. And she goes to the back and Cassidy like watches her. Um, if I was the other waitress, I'd be like, why are you looking at her so menacingly? Right? <laughs> why is this so intense? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So she's cleaning up her shirt in the bathroom and someone's behind her. And I'm like, girl, you're rubbing it into your shirt. She's doing a terrible job on that stain. Yeah. Every time people do this <laughs> on TV, I'm like, have you never had this problem in real life? Yeah. I'm like, you are not making the stain any better. Where is your tide? Where's your tide to go? And she did. I don't know if those were invented then. Yeah. Off the apron too. Like she was just blotting at her shirt, but the apron is still covered in soup. Like what? Yeah. Take off the apron first, Girl. Diane. Yeah. And also when she like gets the water from, I'm like, that's a dirty ass sink. That does mm-hmm. not seem like a very good for a restaurant establishment. Somebody <laughs> that sink. Yeah. So it is Kate who's behind her. Obviously she says that she looks good, even though you're covered in soup. I don't even know what flavor of soup that was. Good soup. It looked like chili to me for so like yeah, just yeah. the consistency of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the color, yeah. And yeah, like I said, she's wearing the jacket that Cassidy was wearing. And she's like, hi, mom, cutting to the chase here. Tell me why you betrayed me. Yeah. She's like, I don't have a lot of time. And Diane's like, oh, that's weird. I thought you were here to apologize to me. And she's like, (laughs) I'm not sorry. Both of you to assume I actually am a sorry. (laughs) Yeah. And both of them kind of look at each other like, oh, we thought that a different thing was happening than is happening. Exactly. I thought maybe you came because you wanted to say you were sorry. I'm not sorry. He hit you. He treated you like a dog. And you can't help who you love, Catherine. And for good or bad. I loved him, and you burnt him alive. You turned on the gas and you lit a match. You murdered him in cold blood. I did it for you. No. What you did, you did for yourself. I have to go back to work. Because you are my daughter. I'm not going to tell the two men sitting at the table who've been following me for the last month that you are here. And I swear to God, Katie, if I ever see you again, the first thing I will do is yell for help. So she says, you killed him, but I still loved him, even though he was a bad person. I still loved him because you can't help who you love. And you killed him like you murdered the man that I loved. And I'm like, but you let him abuse your daughter. Yeah, it wasn't yeah. just you. Like, like Kate, in what Kate did, said, well, he never touched me. And I'm like, okay. Oh, okay. Yeah, she does say that he never touched me. But I'm like, but I still understand being mad when he's when he's beating up your mom. Like, how do you yeah. not expect me to be upset about that? Uh, yeah, so then you could argue, okay, he never touched her, but she watched her mother be abused 
used for years and that does damage too yeah the emotional trauma and you let me be in that house exactly Mm -hmm. sure yeah and so she says well i did it for you and diane's like well i didn't like i didn't ask you to do it that you did that for yourself and that's like right but like it's hard like you said Brittany. it's so uh complicated Mm -hmm. because Mm -hmm. you know kate is the one who killed him and she's saying i killed him for you and it's like i don't agree with what diane is saying but don't put his death on her because that makes it worse. Because now she's like, not only is the man I love dead, but he's also dead because now it's my fault that he's dead. Yeah, I could see how that would be upsetting. Yeah, It's also a good parallel to when they're on the island and Jack is, or she's being blamed for the submarine exploding. Yeah. Oh, that's true. Yeah. That is a good parallel. You're right. Yeah, that Kate's getting like blamed for these things. Yeah. And so Diane's like, whatever, I'm going back to work. I'm not going to tell the agents that you were here. And she said that they've been following her for a month. And she says, if I ever see you again, the first thing I'm going to do is yell for help. First of all, this is a really, really, really great moment and a really important moment. Mm -hmm. But first of all, what a horrible thing to hear from your mother. Right? And also the next time that she sees her chronologically is a few years from here. And it is in the Born to Run flashbacks. Born to Run was near the end of season one. And she goes into the hospital with Tom because Diane has like cancer. She is, she's dying from That's a disease. Right. And she goes in to see her because her mom is literally dying. She wants to go see her. And she immediately calls for help. So it's true. And this happened two seasons ago. And now they're bringing it back here. It's amazing. The continuity <laughs> on the show is insane. Oh, it's so good that she's like, I'm going to do that. And like people who remember that scene or that and that episode from before are like oh my god and she does like, mind blown yeah she like remembers it and she does it wow amazing oh amazing commitment to okay. the cause <laughs> so in what should be the most gay scene of the episode but yes. alas isn't <laughs> Kate's car is fixed now. Cassidy took her back to that garage. Kate's vehicle's license says Missouri. Um, I assume that all of her licenses are fake, but mm. I assume they're all stolen. Yeah. She says, thank you so much for helping me. And tell me about this guy who betrayed you because I'm going to like help you back. I'm going to help you get bet- get a revenge on this guy. And she says she doesn't want her to get revenge because she's pregnant with his child and she still loves him. And this is kind of like a thing about how she was wronged by him, but she still loves him in the same way that Diane Diane loved Wayne, mm-hmm. but I'm also just like, but Di- but Diane, Wayne literally actually actively bodily hurt you. And what Sawyer did also wasn't great, but at least he wasn't like committing violence against her. Yeah. You know? Yeah, but he broke her psychologically. And that's, that's true. And stole all her money. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Put it dangerous situations is kind of not that it negates it but it's very similar Mm -hmm. yeah and so she's like okay well then have him locked up send him to jail and she's like well your mom tried to do that and will you ever forgive her and she's like no i won't and she's like okay well thanks so she has to think about it but it turns out we learn in every man for himself that she did do that Mm -hmm. she got him sent to jail and i love this decision because first of all i guess it's because sorry i keep burping Pause, John. Take a pause, John. <laughs> Sorry, I keep burping. Sorry, burping keeps occurring. I, I've never burped before. I didn't even eat recently. Bodily functions. <laughs> Weird. Um, yeah. So first of all, I guess maybe she'll like always know where he is, which is probably nice for her to know because Mm -hmm. especially because she wants to know where the father of her child is as well. But also I love this idea because maybe she realizes that it's okay that he'll never forgive her. It's not the goal for her to get his forgiveness and for her to get him back. You know, she realizes that like I am still in love with him, but I understand that this is not something that is realistic. And I recognize and understand that this is never going to happen. And I'm okay with that. So I love that. And so Kate gives her her real name because they're best friends now. Girlfriends, thank you. They, there was a moment in that car scene where Kate turns and it, oh, <laughs> there's yeah. so much hope 
Oh, it could have been so gay. <laughs> mm-hmm. Very disappointing. If they hadn't been cowards. There's like two or three times in the scene where I'm just like, and lean over. Just lean in. And then a little farther. And then kiss. Yeah. Yeah. And then and then kiss. Mm-hmm. Will and you, then kiss. Will, will you do it? Are you going? No. 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 Of course not. <sighs> but now that Cassidy knows Kate's name and she knows Sawyer's name, like imagine Cassidy when she realizes that both Kate and Sawyer went down in Oceanic Flight 815. Like she looks at that manifest and she's like, oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. She's like, what were the odds of that? Yeah. <laughs> I just, in the alternate world where this show wasn't too afraid of gay people, the absolute serve that it would have been for Kate and Cassidy to have hooked up. Oh my God. After Sawyer got her pregnant. Yeah. And then Sawyer and Kate hook up on the island, but they don't make it. Yeah. So by the time Kate and Cassidy meet up again after she's off the island or whenever. Can you imagine going Ugh. through that entire conversation? Yeah. That would have been amazing. I'm just like, remember that guy you told me about? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, the OT3 potential here. Ugh. Yeah. I'm just like, wow. I could, I, when I was watching it again this morning, I was like, I could make a fan video just with this episode and maybe just with this scene yeah. for Kate and Cassidy. Like, really? there's just so much. Just good chemistry. And they like smile at each other. Ugh, come on. Ugh. And that's it. Mm-hmm. We did it. And that is it. Beautiful. So now we're going to go into segments. Um, Our first segment, of course, is our best line award. And my best line award goes to Sawyer and Claire for... I just came by to say your babies. He's not as wrinkly as he was a couple weeks ago. Uh, yeah, I, I guess he's not. Thanks. Yay! <laughs> I love the way that Emily reads that line, where she's like, I guess, thanks. Yeah. It's the best. So good. It's really um realistic. It's like, yeah. uh, authentic. Yeah. My favorite line word goes to Kate and Juliet for... How's your shoulder? Awesome. My favorite part of that one is um the pause in between the two lines, because she just looks over at Kate like, yeah, it's great. Yeah, really good. Yeah. I literally, like, in in what world would it be just perfect and pristine? But, mm-hmm. okay. How's your shoulder? It hurts. Thanks for asking. Yeah. It's really, really not great. Yeah. 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 Okay, and Steph? Uh, my best line award went to a similar scene to yours, Robin. It's mm-hmm. the... Oh, and uh, this is for you. Thank you. I don't like blankets. Yeah. <laughs> Sure. This, yeah. this feels very like something that Sawyer would say in an embarrassing situation. I because don't... he needs an excuse because it can't just be I'm being nice to you. This mm. it has to be a reason. Yes. I don't like blankets. Yeah. Our next segment is Man of Science, Man of Faith, and we're talking about Kate today. I have thoughts, but I want to hear from you guys first. Do you guys think Kate is more of a man of science or a man of faith? I would say faith. Yeah, I think faith too. Yeah. I was thinking that too. Yeah. Okay, why why, why, why do you guys think that? I think because she just so blindly believed that she would be successful at mm-hmm. what she was doing. That's exactly yeah. what I was thinking. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, that she's just like, well, I'll figure it out. It'll be fine, you know? And it's like, oh, it was not. Yeah, the, the gumption that she has to believe that she could just pull anything off. Right, and Definitely. Cassidy's the man of science in that, uh, mm-hmm. for sure, in, exactly. in, the, in the flashback the, there. The, vo- the eternal voice of reason. Are you sure? <laughs> yeah. Are you yeah. sure about that? Mm-hmm. Do you want to take a moment to think Are you for, for, for just a moment? <laughs> yeah, I feel like there, it's not as clear on the island storyline. No. Mm-hmm. I feel like she's more of a man of science in the island storyline. Yeah. Um, because she's doing like a lot of tracking, and she's like, I can't go through here because I saw a man die, and... 
you know, a bunch of stuff. But I definitely think she's a man of faith in the flashbacks. And Brittany and I were talking earlier today that we were talking about how actually the meat of the uh, conversation and the meat of the episode is kind of in the flashbacks. It, yeah, it, the flashbacks are more important than any of the island stuff. It is, yeah. Which doesn't happen a lot. So that's kind of interesting. Because if you think about it, nothing really goes forward on the island except for Juliet joining the gang. Yeah. Our next segment is Hurley's Walkman. And we listened to Walking After Midnight by Patsy Cline. There was a song that was playing in the bar as well. I don't know why I don't have that written down. Hold mm-hmm. on. Okay, Lostpedia. I do have Lostpedia as a bookmark on my <laughs> computer. <laughs> Oh, here we go. The song playing in the bar when Kate and Cassidy meet is a non-commercial track called Waltz Without Whispering. So it's just a, a song I think that they didn't have to pay for. Because I guess like, Walking After Midnight is too expensive. Yeah, I was, I was like, they didn't want to blow the budget. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. They were like, yeah, they were like, we need a song for the bar too. Uh-oh. Yeah, we counted our pennies and we, we don't have enough for an actual song for you. So sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oops. Okay. Um, and then for Sawyer's book corner, um, Sawyer is rereading Watership Down, which he read in Confidence Man. So both books in this episode are from Confidence Man. So odd. Like I said earlier, which is interesting. Did they do the thing? The thing is when they say the name of the episode in the episode. Mm-hmm. Um, Juliet says the actual title once, but the variations of Left Us, Left Me, Left You gives us a total of four. Wow, that makes up for a lot of other episodes where they do not do the thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Is that why he left you behind? They left me behind too. Maybe I wouldn't get left behind again. Because they left her behind too. How many episodes since the last knockout? We have had another knockout. <laughs> it's true. So that's going to be zero for Roll the uh, for the knockout counter. Mm-hmm. At um, least no one got a concussion this time. Yeah. Exactly. It wasn't due to... Blunt force trauma. <laughs> exactly. Yes. Yeah. Does this episode pass the Bechdel test? They do often talk about Sawyer or Jack or Ben or Wayne a lot, but I would say at some point... In this episode, it 100% passes. It does yeah, it, when uh, Kate and Juliet are fighting in the rain. They don't talk yeah. at all, so. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but I think even them talking about, like, tracking and stuff. Yeah. Before they start talking about Jack, so. I'm like, like, yeah, at some point, for well, sure. Well, that and, like, the minutia of, like, yes, they're talking about men, but you have to look at the details of it, which is, they're talking about how betrayed they were mm-hmm. and things like that. Like, it can't just be, they, they do or don't talk about men. Yeah. Yeah. Because they talk about Mars even a little bit, but I know that Kate and Cassidy have that conversation about, like, Kate's mom, and so that's definitely part of it. Exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Stay tuned for our segment after the outro. We'll be discussing this episode within the context of the rest of the series. Please be aware that this will be rampant with spoilers, so proceed with caution. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. Our music is Terminal by Good News Tunes. And thank you so much to the creators and community at Lostpedia. Without them, we would be lost. I'm yawning. <laughs> Bodily functions, stop. How dare. Our, <laughs> our spoiler song was composed and produced by Francis Neves. And thank you to our lovely roommates, Emily and Sam, for hanging out in their rooms while we recorded this. They the best. If you're so inclined, please leave us a nice review on Apple Podcasts. If you're a fan of The 100, we like to talk about that show too. Um, we did seasons four to seven as they were airing. And now we are going back to do the good old days, starting with season three and going backwards. So join us over there. Those ones do have spoilers though. Yeah. If you're a fan of Riverdale, we like to talk about and dunk on that show too. Always. Um, We just finished season five. five? Yeah. Oh, wow. I honestly don't know what season we are at any given mm-hmm. time. And we're about to go into season six, unbelievably. Yeah. We have an episode for every single episode of Riverdale. It is my one of my favorite podcasts to talk on, though, because we just have a lot of fun. Yeah, we mostly spend most of it going, huh? That doesn't make any sense. Anyways, Riverdale. Yeah. And uh, a lot of our listeners don't even watch Riverdale. They just listen to the podcast. So that's also an option for you if you don't want to watch it. <laughs> Absolutely insane show. If you're a fan of Stranger Things, we talk about that show. And actually, as 
as this comes out, two days ago, we put out our last episode of the Stranger Things podcast. Hell yeah. What day does this come out? Uh, the first Friday in in November. I'm officially married. Oh yeah, Brittany's married now. <laughs> so we have an episode for every single episode of Stranger Things, and we are going to be covering season four when it comes out, but you're going to want to catch up on our Stranger Things podcasts before then, so definitely check that out. She's right, you know. You can follow the aficionados on Twitter, Facebook, Tumblr, Instagram, Redbubble, YouTube, but mostly Twitter, and Robin makes gifts of our favorite line awards on Tumblr, which is still a website, yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. Our Patreon is patreon.com slash theaficionados. If you like what we do here, please consider donating because it is expensive, and we really appreciate it, and you get so many cool things. It's true. Thanks. If you can't do that, check out choppylux.com. If you can't do that, recommend us to a friend. You can recommend this one or any of the ones that we just talked about. Um, even if you're recommending it to yourself, if this is the only one that you listen to, check out our other ones. We yeah. appreciate that. You can follow me on Twitter at Apertania, which is B-R-I-T-T-A-N-I-A with an underscore at the end. You can follow me personally at Robin E. Jeffrey. That's R-O-B-Y-N-E-J-E-F-F-R-E-Y pretty much everywhere. Steph, thank you so much for coming. Woohoo! Thank you for having me. It's so fun. And where can we follow you? On Twitter at CoTheoretical and literally everywhere else at Completely Theoretical because Twitter sucks with their handles. Yeah. <laughs> Perf. Next episode is episode 316. It is one of us and we're going to be having our friend Casey on. Um, she has changed her handle to at Casey Watches TV, so you can go and check that out. And we are excited to have her. That's going to be our last episode for um, 2021, and we will pick back up after that one in February of 2022. Four. Yeah. Okay, love you. Bye. Okay, love you. Bye. 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 We did it, Joe. Spoil it. So, um, lately in our spoiler section, we have been talking about how our knockout counter is actually incorrect. Oh. Due to Mikhail, we've been saying that our knockout counter has been more because we have to tell the people who aren't spoilery that Mikhail is dead when Mikhail was actually just knocked out. Right. However, now that we are back at zero and we've had another knockout, our knockout counter is in fact back at zero. And so now we're going to stop talking about it in the spoilers. <laughs> All right. Okay. So I'm going to start with spoilers for the B storyline. And I will now find some. Go for it. Do I have any? That's the main question. Mm. But that's just Sawyer making friends, right? Yeah. Oh, I've got one. Okay. Yeah. This is the only one I have for the B storyline, but we see Sawyer holding Aaron as Claire is eating at the very end of the storyline. And this reminds me of the end of season four when Sawyer like saves Claire and when she goes missing and he takes the baby to keep him safe and everything and like Sawyer and Claire end up having a really good relationship because Claire is like stuck in that house that almost goes up in flames and he like goes in to save her and like saves her from the rubble because he like cares about Claire and when she goes off with Christian and he's like stuck with just him and Miles he like picks up that baby and makes sure that the baby is okay. Forgot about all of that. Good dad Sawyer. So true. Yeah. It's like it's interesting I think about since we have Cassidy in this episode I think a lot about how he feels holding that baby knowing that he has a baby out there somewhere that he just doesn't interact with mm-hmm. um okay jungle spoilers let's see okay we have Locke and kate in the game room when Locke visits kate in the recreation room this is on lost pd of course he mysteriously has a bandage around his right hand despite not having it in his previous appearance this explains his next appearance four episodes later in the brig in the brig we finally see what Locke has been up to and he gets his hand bitten by his dad, which happens before this scene. Even though How this is, did they have I this know, find out? This is four episodes in the future, and they have him with a bandage around his hand, knowing that they're oh going to show it four God, episodes later. Oh my God, this show's insane. I know, it's amazing. 
crazy. Oh, um, Juliet is fully pretending to be asleep. Okay, here's here's what I think. Because we then learn in DOC a few episodes from now that Juliet is actually in here getting in with the castaways, castaways. on on the instructions of Ben looking for pregnant women mm-hmm. right and so I'm like how much of this was orchestrated by Ben was Juliet even gassed in the first place did Julian ju- did ju- they help Juliet take Kate out there it would make sense I don't even think that she I just don't think she was even gassed mm-hmm. I think that she knew she was being left behind and she's acting yeah because yeah she wasn't even really unconscious like she she wakes up when the knife goes because she wasn't unconscious and she's probably just bored (laughs) standing there waiting for her to wake up (laughs) yeah just taking a nap in the forest and i think that also makes sense because juliet apparently woke up like so much earlier than kate to be able to take her out into that jungle when jack had two whole canisters in there yeah and kate only got one so that tells me that the others knew that they wanted kate to wake up earlier oh yeah because otherwise why wouldn't they have given her two canisters exactly interesting jack would have been asleep for like a day and a half then yeah that makes me think that someone would have had to come back and dose him with the second can because i don't think the potency of the of the smoke in the canister would be enough to keep him in one right asleep for that long that's a good point yeah interesting yeah i wonder if they did do that and why not might as well. But yeah, because Ben is trying to get Juliet to like infiltrate them. Mm-hmm. And so I feel like if he and Juliet came up with this plan themselves, and that's why you feel so betrayed by Juliet a few episodes from now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, then it's revealed pretty much immediately that she like hates the fact that she's doing this, but she is doing it. Because two episodes ago, ugh, I can't remember who was talking about this. I think it was Alex was saying to Locke that like Ben just emotionally manipulates people. And oh, actually, sorry. It was in Expose last episode, uh, like months ago when Ju- Juliet was talking to Ben in the Pearl about how like Ben's going to emotionally manipulate Michael and just use him for whatever. And he's saying it to Juliet who the same thing is happening to her, but she can't do anything about it. Oh, right. You know, and so she knows that she's being manipulated and she's going against people that she actually seems to genuinely like and she can't do anything about it. Jack says we have to go back to camp and that reminds me of we have to go back. Thank you. We have to go back. And that's the jungle storyline. But I've got some flashback stuff. I bet you do. Mm-hmm. I sure do. I love that Kate ends up hooking up with Sawyer without even knowing that it was the same person that Cassie was talking about, which is funny because, so basically at the end of season four, they're in the helicopter together and Sawyer whispers something to Kate, kisses her, and then jumps out of the helicopter. Right. We all remember this? Yes. Yeah. And the thing that he whispers to her is telling her that he has a daughter and to like go and see her and like see that if she's okay and everything. And so Kate goes and she figures out that he has a daughter. She figures it all out. She didn't even know that it was Sawyer that Cassidy was with until she went looking for Cassidy and Clementine in season four. That's crazy. God, that must have blown her mind. Then she figured out that it was Cassidy. Like she never would have met up, met back up with Cassidy in the flash forwards if it Mm -hmm. wasn't for Sawyer. And now Clementine and Aaron get to like play and hang out. Ugh so fun. Diane says that the next time she sees Kate, she's going to call for help. And, you know, she's genuinely dying at that point, but she actually survives and she's in the flash forwards next season. But Kate is like so upset and angry with her that she won't let her see Aaron. This happens in the first, uh, I think it's in Eggtown. I think that's 30 or 404, I think, is when we have the flashbacks, sorry, flash forwards of Kate in court and everything. And she goes and her mom comes to her and asks to see her grandson because obviously Kate is telling everyone that Aaron is her baby Mm -hmm. and Kate refuses to let her because of like how she betrayed her and I love how how the like power balance changes there Mm -hmm. but I but I also love that Diane survives yeah her uh her disease which is great and then yeah so at the end they meet back up together in season four in the flash forwards they learn that they both loved Sawyer Clementine and Aaron get to hang out 
it's one of my favorite things about the flash forwards is that they kind of get to come that together and, relationship. Just, yeah. and i'm like hello you guys like kate stays off the island mm-hmm. and she raises aaron with cassidy and clementine and they're just in that little family and that's, that's what i think should have happened. that could that could be great we could do that right yeah uh and that's it outro yeah all right so once again steph thank you so much for coming on and joining us thank you yes thank you for having me fantastic i always love talking about things that i'm interested in so yeah <laughs> relatable big relatable. mood Every day. um you can follow me personally at robin e jeffrey that's r-o-b-y-n-e-j-e-f-r-y pretty much everywhere and you can follow me on twitter at apertania which is b-r-i-t-t-a-n-i-a with an underscore at the end if you guys want to follow Steph, you can find all of their information in the description. And uh, you can follow at The Aficionados all over the place. Our Patreon, like I said earlier, is patreon.com slash The Aficionados. And yeah, we are excited and we will see you next episode. Woohoo! Yeah. <laughs> okay, love you, bye! Love you, love you, bye! bye. <laughs> Enjoy your sandwich. <laughs>